0: Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, schmaltz's sandwich shop with building supplies and ubo business services and now ladies and gentlemen here's matt mosley
1: it is the matt mosley show on uh well it's kind of getting ready we've got big basketball coming up tonight at the foster pavilion it's a late night you know I never know, Aaron. I mean I think because it's so new and because it's a good matchup, it's a top twenty five matchup, I think it'll be a I mean, certainly it will be a full house. I know all the students are gonna be there and that's that's great. I think they've gotten their full allotment of tickets. Which is kinda of unbelievable because they're not back in school yet. I forget when they start again, but I think it's next what, Monday or Tuesday, so uh, but that's great. That's great, and uh, the students will be there in mass. The eight o'clock games. I don't know. It goes. It's. It's. In some ways, Aaron. It allows the Dallas and Austin crowd. Houston's a little bit further away. It allows them more time to get down there. Right. You can leave. You could leave Dallas at five forty-five, five thirty, and be okay for an 8 o'clock tip but it puts them home at about twelve thirty or 1 in the morning now you know I think you I think it's okay I think it's a sacrifice worth making but um, those are interesting games Saturday ones are easy to kind of plan for and all that in fact Aaron I think we got a Cincinnati matchup coming up and I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of I got like my daughter has a dance, and I'm supposed to make an appearance at the photo shoot, and then I'm thinking about doing that and then racing out of town. Um, although it didn't, when I first threw that, ventured that one out there, it didn't, they're, they're needed, it they seemed like the parents were supposed to go out after the the photo. So I got to figure out how to play Saturday. I could be in some trouble. But tonight, we got BYU at 320, Aaron, uh, Kevin Reynolds who went to SMU, covers BYU, and uh, I thought it'd be kind of a fun time, too, to ask him about our old buddy Gary Bohannon Jr., you know, in, going in the portal from South Florida to BYU. I mean, I, Aaron, I think we look up sometimes and wonder, now, who has eligibility left? And, and generally, the answer these days, with the COVID year and all that, <laughs> is everyone. And... Aaron, do you think we'll still be talking about, like, somebody having a COVID year, like, five years from now? <laughs> don't you feel like the COVID, COVID year, I don't know. I mean, that, I guess the COVID season was 2020. I mean, we're now in 2024, but I feel like for another couple of years, people are going to have COVID seasons because the true freshman will get, like, a red shirt and a COVID season. It's an amazing deal. Um, And then tonight, now I'll ask uh, Kevin Reynolds about this. By the way, he's from the Salt Lake City Tribune. Uh, Love that. I I like the Trib, and there's some writers from there that I like uh, that cover, like the Utah Jazz. We might have to ask him about our old buddy Keontae George. Aaron, I looked at Keontae has not been starting. He got hurt a little bit, and then he's not worked his way back in as a starter. But last night they just they were just blowing out the Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks are like a a team that could win it all, and and Utah ran them off the court. And I was trying to see like, did Giannis not play? Did Middleton? No, they played. They were out there playing. Keontae comes off the bench. He was. I think four for nine from three, scored 19, 19 or 20 off the bench last night. Love that. Love seeing that. But uh, so we'll have a lot to get into um, as uh, because this BYU basketball team. Uh, oh, the other thing, Aaron, I was going we were talking about the COVID years. They have the oldest, the second oldest player in the country. At BYU, and you would expect that because you're like, oh, he, he went on a mission or something. I think he's just kind of bounced around a little bit from program to program, but he's, a, I think, a pretty good player for them. I was reading about him earlier today. Aaron, I think he's 26 years old in like four months. All right, so he's he is in his sixth season of college basketball, and he's a pretty good player for the Cougars and Coach Pope, and then there's one player older than him, by a month at Fairfield. But that player who's in his eighth season, I'm not making this up, his eighth season in college is hurt and has not played at all this season. And I want to say he's from Fairfield. Aaron, I think that's that college where our old buddy Dell Bonner was from. Remember Dell? Dell is now at Ohio State. We ought to check in on Dell, see how he's doing over there at Ohio State. Um Aaron, do we ever know what happened? <clears throat> Speaking of former Baylor basketball players, what about what about our buddy Matthew Meyer? Have you done a search recently to see what Meyer's up? The man who came on this very show to announce his decision um, to transfer to Illinois for the big money. The big, that was a little bit before the Bears were rolling out the big bucks in NIL, and Meyer... Meyer kind of was just like, you know what, I think Illinois is going to pay up. I'm headed to Illinois. He did okay there. Wouldn't say he did great, um, but uh, kind of interesting. And Illinois is playing pretty good basketball despite uh, losing their best player on some disturbing allegations uh, there in uh, Champaign. Uh, Aaron, what do, we, what do we know about our buddy Matthew Meyer?
2: He's currently playing in the G League for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers uh and
1: isn't that houston is that rockets real grand is that do they aren't they connected to the houston rockets maybe he's got the dallas legends connected to the mavs i thought maybe the vipers were connected yes that's to correct the they're, they're a houston okay.
2: rockets uh g-league team okay. and uh, I've, I've just looking. and this is from a couple months ago but it's I just found one box score. He had like four points and and three rebounds in about 10 or 11 minutes in one game.
1: G League? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's good. That's good, Aaron. Quickly looking up our man Matthew Meyer. Aaron, is there anybody else we want to know what happened to? I mean, Pierre Jackson's probably, as we speak, putting in about 40 on somebody. I don't know what level. He may be overseas still, but what a – what an unbelievable player he was. And I saw recently <clears throat> Andre Branch was honored. I was trying to get a hold of Andre. Did y'all have Andre on? I think you did, Aaron. Didn't uh, John John have him on? Yes. Um, golly, the great Andre Branch. I, so, I must have gone in the Baylor Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, so underrated as far as when. Oh. And I'm guilty of it, too. But as far as when people talk about former Baylor greats, he does not get enough.
1: No. Does not get
2: talked about enough.
1: No, and, you know, all those talking points on the Baylor basketball broadcast, you know, it's like, oh, the century before, they always act like Baylor didn't even exist in basketball. I always want to be like, they had some great players. Stop it. Vinnie Johnson played here. Teagle played here. Stop it. There were good players. Um, Did they win a lot of conference championships? No, but I don't – I think we can all – just admit that Scott is amazing without always like having to bring up that thing of like, well, they didn't do anything in the 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 previous century. It's like, well, they kind of did when they went to the final four for goodness sakes. Uh, Aaron, it was the nineteen forties, <laughs> led by star player Jackie Robinson. Not that Jackie Robinson, but another Jackie Robinson in the nineteen forties. The Bears made it to the final four. They were really good in like 46 and 48, I think it was. Got to go way back. All right, Aaron, Let's. we've got a lot going on in the NFL, and I may need to step into the breaking newsroom uh, for just a moment here because I thought this was Uh-oh. a pretty big <laughs> And I know it's happened earlier today, and I know it's already been addressed. On our other shows, especially probably the Press Box, a show that likes to get into the NFL. Not that John doesn't, but John stays with college athletics a lot of times. Um, The Titans fired Vrabel. Aaron, you remember on this very show, (laughs) we were kind of reporting rumblings. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the Titans. I'm hearing things. I'm hearing things with the Titans. They did it. They fired the man. Vrabel is out. After a six-year run, had winning records in his first four seasons and started 7-3 in his fifth before the wheels came off in Nashville. I mean, Aaron, do you feel like they gave Jeff Fisher a little more grace over the years? I feel like Jeff Fisher, I mean, I know he made it to a Super Bowl, but it's like, golly, Fisher got to hang out there forever. Vrabel, Aaron, he's about our age, just a little bit younger than us. Ends his tenure with the Titans with a, you know, when I say that, Aaron, you know what I'm trying to say. Very young coach, right? Very young, very young and up and coming coach. Ends his tenure with the Titans with a 54 and 45 record. Now, where does he go? Because suddenly he becomes, he and Jim Harbaugh are like the two best coaching options. And Aaron. His old team—it immediately started coming up with um, with the uh, Patriots. Would that be would that be the place he ends up? <clears throat> I mean, is that what the, is that what Kraft wants to do? Does Kraft want a total change, or does he want somebody kind of from the Belichick tree? I mean, I and where is Belichick going to land in all this? If he still wants to coach, there's going to be people interested in him. Um, I mean, now some people would dispute that Vrabel's not on the Belichick tree. He played for him, Aaron. He didn't coach under him. He he played and started his NFL coaching career. In Houston, under Aaron, wait for it, the great Bill O'Brien. All right. Um, Vrabel, I mean, I think he's good. Um, and, And, you know, Jared Mayo has been thought to be Belichick's successor for a few years. If Belichick left... But it's if it's not Mayo, then Vrabel's got more experience. I mean, I think Mayo's a great coach. I love the guy. I mean, I like him. I really do. Um, and then Aaron, of course, they've got to move on to now replace Vrabel. And everybody wants to throw out Harbaugh. Oh, by the way, Michigan, Aaron, that's why I was trying to qualify our picks right against the line. I was like, hey, Aaron and I are not – putting actual money on this i don't think aaron you you decided to break down and do that um so i was trying to because i don't i think if you need if you want to listen for betting advice you need to listen to people that are actually plunking down their hard-earned money aaron is our money hard-earned i, I think sort of um we didn't put any money on it but i, I thought the huskies would perform better than they did I would say, Aaron, there was a moment where they were still in it. It's only 20-13. to 13, They're down. And then the defense is playing better. And they complete a ball finally downfield, and they call it back for holding. Now, that holding call, I think, Aaron, that poor guy, 63 for Washington, the tackle, I think he was having such an awful time that, They just were, at that point, they're just like, yeah, I think he had to hold. I think on that play that I'm thinking about, and Aaron, one time he totally held. You know, it was a bad hold. But on that one, I thought he just kind of shoved the guy. Like, I didn't think it was a bad – I didn't think it had to be called. And that would have allowed some drama. Well, then they put him back there, like, first and 25 or second and 20, and they just didn't – from there, they really never had another chance in the game. And and Michigan got it done, Aaron. I'm not a Michigan fan. I mean, I do think they cheated, um. I, but I mean, hands off, hats off to the players. Um, they did get it done. I thought the quarterback he didn't put up great numbers like passing wise, but at a crucial point in that game, Aaron, when Washington was playing better and climbing back in that thing, he just. One of those drives, and I think they went down there and made it twenty ten on the drive I'm talking about. He just he just took off, and he looked great running it. He, he really did. McCarthy looked great. Is he going to be a great NFL quarterback? I don't know. He won he won a ton of games, and uh, somebody pointed out like <laughs> the only game he ever lost. I mean, do you realize <laughs> that it was the TCU? It's like the guy just won and. One in one uh you know over he lost to the the horn frogs, so anyway um i don't know aaron I don't feel I was making Michigan jokes, even usually, if a team wins, I'm like let's not make a joke, but to me, what they did and what they're accused of doing is so pervasive, and there's so much depth to it that i I was in the aftermath of the game, I was making Connor Stallion jokes. I don't feel like they, in my mind, they did not earn the grace period not to have jokes being made. <laughs> All right, um, you agree or disagree with that, Aaron? Or were I agree, hundred percent. Okay, I've
2: had okay. a mini rant earlier. On. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
1: <laughs> on which show?
2: On the press box. Just about. It was more of a general. Yeah. How people. Whoever came up with the phrase "cheaters never prosper" wasn't a sports fan, because they mm. obviously do. Michigan, mm. the Astros, the Patriots.
1: Oh man! There's one other,
2: I'm forgetting now.
1: Golly, does Baylor need to look into that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Kansas well, basketball.
1: Hey, that's right. Bunch I mean, of cheaters just, over there.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, it's just, and those are in the past few years. You know.
1: I mean, Baylor won a national title in basketball. And they did it by the rules. We weren't out there just at all adidas up, shoefuls. Of, at TCU was like handing out sneakers full of cash at one point. And what did it get them? Like maybe one round deep? They made it the second round of the NCAA tournament? Congrats, guys. Um, Aaron, uh, let's do some, uh, let's do some basketball talk. And we're going to go to a major BYU expert. His name is Kevin Reynolds. Salt Lake City Tribune is next.
3: Baylor Bear Basketball all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears
4: host the BYU Cougars in their Big 12 home opener Tuesday in Foster Pavilion. 7:30 for the countdown to tip-off. 8 p.m. tip off Tuesday. Join
3: Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear Basketball, right
5: here on ESPN Central Texas. Drive into the new year with confidence and excitement during the Start Something New sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get incredible deals on our entire selection of new Ram trucks, Jeeps, SUVs, Chrysler sedans, or a sporty Dodge. Get more for less guaranteed. More value, more selection, more service, more trade-in allowance, and even more competitive financing. Hurry in and start 2024 with a bang. Shop the greatest selection of inventory in Central Texas at Allen Samuels in Waco. In-store or online at allensamuelsdcj.com and make it under Forgettable.
1: It's Matt Mosley. You can make the decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain for 2024. Don't go another year compromising because of that pain in your knees or shoulder or like my neck, for instance. Call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative, non surgical pain relief. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. This is not a band aid, this is a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back. And listen, it's non-surgical. It's very important. If this is the year you decide to fight back against that pain, take the first step now. Call QC Kinetics. Get a free consultation on the calendar. Call 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics, 254 415
6: Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. doors that are sticking
7: and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call.
8: Listen to the Matt Mosley show online at CentexSportsFan.com. Kangaloo!
2: When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Rico, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, KISSER, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
9: First Central Credit Union free reward checking earns 5% APY, refunds all your ATM fees, and has a savings account combo that earns you money too. Ask for Casasa checking. It's our superpower, and it's easy to apply online at firstcentralcu.com.
0: Everything we do, we do for you. APY is annual percentage yield. Eligibility qualification supply apply. Member NCUA. Hey.
7: It's 9.30 on a Saturday night. You're at the ballpark getting hot dogs for the kids, and your debit card doesn't work. Lucky for you, Central National Bank's after-hours service is ready to help you get out of all kinds of ninth-inning jams. Just contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a local person who can answer questions and fix problems. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC.
8: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: It is uh, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. NFL Blitz coming up in just a little while, 340. More firings uh, to announce to you and react to. Kevin Reynolds joining us now, BYU uh reporter. I followed him in football and now doing some hoops. He's in town. And Kevin, welcome back to the Matt Mosley show. Have you put your eyes on the new Foster Pavilion? Or are you waiting until uh tonight to uh to get your first glimpse
10: of it? Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for tonight. I uh, haven't seen it but I'm very excited. Obviously saw it on on TV and and Twitter and everything. It looks it looks awesome. All right. It's pretty cool that BYU folks,
1: from what I could tell, showed up to meet the group when they sh- – maybe last night, I guess, they got in there and maybe were able to shoot around and, and get a feel for the new Foster Pavilion. Um, is that a pretty common thing as BYU makes its way around the country that the BYU fans will, will show up maybe
10: even the night before a game to greet them? Yeah, I think it happens from time to time. Uh You saw it a little bit. Um, BYU, like a lot of schools, went on a foreign tour Um, in the summer. uh, I think they had kind of a similar thing happen happen there. Um, And then occasionally you see it on the road um, at at different places. Obviously, a lot of it's changing now as as BYU kind of travels to different places in the Big 12, uh, coming from, in basketball at least, the West Coast Conference. So things are a little bit different, um, and this will be their first trip, and this is their first trip. Uh, To Waco as a member of the Big 12. So, um, but yeah, it is. It is. You you see it from time to time uh, when BYU gets on the road.
1: What has BYU done this year when they're playing well? And they were playing well enough to be ranked 12th before they lost to Cincinnati. Well, that had to be a really bad home loss, especially they were leading in the second half. Trevor, you know, Nell uh trevin nell hit nine threes in that game and i was just looking at it i mean they only scored what 60 points in the game so he had about half their points from three but like when byu has been playing well this season what is it that they do obviously they can hit the three but i generally they've had some nice big guys in the past and they like to do the high low um, what is work for them, and, and what, uh, what what will they be looking to do against the Bears tonight?
10: Yeah, I mean, well, just off the, the Trevin Nell thing, obviously I think he is their best shooter. Didn't play last year, had an injury, uh, comes back this year uh, for the first time in almost two years, really fully healthy, coming off of a shoulder injury, and he's shooting it really well. I think he's shooting it about 43% from three, um, so he's shooting it really well, and, and that helps his team. Uh, last game, you talked about it. He, he sat almost six minutes in that second half from about the 10 minute mark to the four minute mark in the, in the, down the stretch of that game, down the stretch. Um, and essentially Cincinnati took it from about a one point lead when he went out to a eight or nine point lead by the time he came back in. So that was a little bit confusing, um, last week, but overall, you know, you talk about how BYU has kind of changed who they are. And I think that started, um, a very conscious effort last year, the start of last year, um, their last year, the WCC, I think Mark Pope and the staff looked at it and they had kind of, they had flirted with being a, a top 30, top 25 team pretty consistently through his first couple years there. Uh, you remember the COVID year, you know, BYU uh, was a, you know, a, a really good basketball team, uh, probably a projected high seed in the NCAA tournament and had a lot of veteran guards, you know, Alex Barcelo, and you can kind of go down the list. And like you said, you know they had a, you know good good group of, of big men too, um, but they kept kind of running into the Gonzagas of the world. They would beat them once or twice, but they kept running into these, you know the offense just the ceiling wasn't high enough, and the ceiling wasn't high enough going into the Big Twelve. So they kind of changed everything around um, going into last year and put a, a, a pretty big investment on on playing at a faster tempo. They went from more of a half court team to they're going to push the pace and they're going to shoot a lot of threes. And right now you're kind of seeing a lot of the, the manifestation of a lot of that, right? Um, this is a team, I think that's second in the country in terms of the percentage of points they get from three point line, I think it's something it's over 40%, 43%, if I'm not mistaken. So that, you know, that's a number that not a lot of teams have. And sometimes they're overly reliant on the three. They didn't shoot it particularly well against Cincinnati. Um, And, you know, they just take a ton of threes throughout the game. So, you know, if you go macro and a big picture, like that is what Mark Pope has tried to do over the last two years. And he's kind of in the second year of this transition to, to this style of offense that he feels like has a higher ceiling and you've seen, you know, glimpses of it, glimpses of it work, but you've also seen the struggles. And, and I think Cincinnati last week and we'll see what tonight looks like, but you can kind of see this team, you know, take a couple steps forward and a couple steps back in, in real time as they kind of try to take on this new identity.
1: Is the Marriott Center considered a really tough place to play? I mean, obviously, it'll be interesting as as the Bears will. You know, I, I think they did go there a couple of years ago or a few years ago. I remember some game that they had there. Um, what is that place like? I bet it's a quite a bit bigger. Then this there'll be seventy five hundred. You'll notice at Foster Pavilion they went smaller. They downsized by nearly three thousand in capacity, and so they wanted to make it a smaller, more intimate feel. Um, the Marriott Center, in my mind, I've always imagined it was like seventeen to nineteen thousand. Am I going too high there? What's the and and what's that? What is that like? Is that a is that generally been an extremely play, uh, tough place for people to
10: play? Yeah, I mean Marriott Center is I think tops out at basically eighteen thousand. I, okay. I think it's around seventeen thousand eight hundred, nine hundred, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. It is I, I think if you look at Kempom, I think the Marriott Center, it was at one point I think the ninth biggest venue in college basketball. Now it it's down to about fifteen. Um so it's a it's a big place to play and it's a unique place to play in, in terms of There's, you know, pretty good fan attendance at at the Marriott Center pretty much every night, Um, even in non-conference. You know, it's surprising sometimes on on some nights where you're looking around and the announced attendance is around 14,000 for games in the non-conference. So, like, that was unique. Even when I got to BYU, I I was pretty surprised about, um, you know, the attendance on a pretty consistent and nightly basis on a nightly basis for how big that place is. So it it is different from Baylor and and a lot of other venues in that regard. Um, So, yeah, there, there, there there's kind of two, two different ways. I think, you know, I think the Baylor, the Baylor way and a lot of different venues is make it a little bit smaller Mm -hmm. and have it be really loud. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that tonight. Um, But the Marriott center is really, it's a huge, huge venue. You saw what it did for SMU
1: to renovate that place, and then it became kind of the place to be in Dallas for a little while under Larry and even Jankovic a little bit after him. And so the newly renovated Moody, a lot of us remember the old Moody, <clears throat> that's kind of what they're going for here. You know, great lighting, almost like the fans are in more of a theater type deal, but also they've kind of created an old Midwest um kind of so i'll be anxious to kind of see what you think as you look around the video boards are kind of cool um so yeah i think i think um i think you'll enjoy it but you being a former smu student or an smu grad i thought i i thought you would enjoy me bringing up moody
10: yeah no moody moody i i covered the kind of the latter years of the jankovic era and okay. uh you know whenever they they had some runs in them, you know, down the stretch where they're hosting the Memphises of the world. and Memphis is really good, and uh, Georgetown when they came into town, um, and that place gets can get really loud if, if it's packed. It doesn't always get packed, obviously, as you know. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Baylor, how Baylor kind of took from that, and see what see what it looks like tonight. All right,
1: Kevin Reynolds joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, Salt Lake City, uh, Trib as he makes his way to the pavilion tonight. Do you ever uh, check out the Jazz? I mean, Keontae George, a Baylor player, we've uh, been interested in watching him this year. He was a starter, then he got hurt. Now he's not in the starting lineup. I know Andy and some of those guys that cover that team, but uh, I would say Keontae George has been embraced in the Salt Lake City area. Not quite like Donovan was, but... I would think it's um hopefully he's fitting in there pretty nicely.
10: Yeah, I mean Andy and Eric they, they have a better better pulse on that than me, but yeah, from a from I, I went over to summer league um when Keontae was playing. Uh they play their little mini summer league in uh in Salt Lake City with about four teams. Oklahoma the Oklahoma City Thunder were there. Um I I forget the other two, I think it might have been Memphis, but um uh, yeah. He, he's been playing pretty well. Um, you know, I covered Keontae when he was in high school, when he was back in Louisville as a, mm. as a freshman in high school. And then obviously, you know, he was, he was in the Metroplex in Dallas for a while. Um, and, you know, the one thing that always you know struck me about Keontae and kind of his development is how much of a, you know, he was always a really good scorer from what I remember, but like, I think he kind of changed his body too, um, coming into, into the league and, uh you you would know this better kind of is from his you know season at at Baylor and then to mm-hmm. the Jazz now but you know he he I, I think he's been embraced pretty well um in Salt Lake and I think you know they've trusted him and they put a lot into his his investment and uh, his his growth another metroplex uh player
1: Caleb Lohner, who transferred to one of those prep schools I think up in Utah somewhere but mm-hmm. he was at BYU now at Baylor gives Baylor a lot of energy off the bench. Probably had hoped to be a starter, and that really hasn't uh, worked out. But in talking to the BYU program and the people that are around it every day, like yourself, I mean, it, what what are the what are the thoughts on loner? I mean, he's he's an interesting guy, and I think he probably loved being up there where he could snowboard and do all that. I'm not sure basketball coaches love that he liked all that adventure stuff, but I would think that, uh, in his short time at BYU, uh, people did enjoy him because he, he, um, he's a leaper, high, high energy guy, thought he was going to become, and he's getting a better three point shot. He just doesn't get to play a whole lot. What is the, what, what, what about, uh, what do people say about, about Caleb Lohner now that, uh, he's left BYU and he's at Baylor?
10: Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a flower mound. He was a flower mound player too, um, mm-hmm. in high school before he left, but, um, Yeah, I I think for him, uh, you kind of never, at least when I was covering him, I don't think he ever kind of fully put it together on what he could have been offensively in this offense. And I know he was there uh, before kind of everything changed um, at BYU and the entire offensive system kind of changed. Um, But, you know, you saw, I think he played some of his best basketball down the stretch of his BYU run when BYU was in the NIT uh, made it to the quarterfinals, I, I believe, one step away um, from, from New York back when they played in New York. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's been interesting to follow his career from afar now uh, when he went to Baylor and has kind of maybe not played as much as, as he envisioned or um, as much as maybe he played at BYU, right? But I, I think it, I think if he stayed, maybe he could have grown into something a little bit more in, in this offense um, because cause you could see flashes of, you know, when he was shooting well, what he could kind of give to this team. Because another thing that this that this BYU team has right now is, you know, when you look at the front court and the, particularly kind of where Caleb Lohner plays, there isn't a ton of depth there right now, um, particularly with injuries. You know, Fusene Traore was there when Caleb Lohner was there, but he, mm-hmm. he just returned, hadn't really played at all. He just returned his first game back was against Cincinnati. And then when you kind of don't have him, if you're BYU, you're really left with Atiki Ali, Atiki, and Ali Khalifa. And most of the time, they're almost essentially in a four-guard lineup with just Ali Khalifa out there. Um, and that's where Caleb Lohner, I think, could probably you know play and help if he was still at BYU, um, and now obviously he's at Baylor. So it is interesting to see, you know, it, to think where, where Caleb Loner would be in this offense if, if he stayed at BYU. All right, what was the thought
1: of of Gary Bohannon Jr. ending up at BYU? Um, great player for the Bears, great leader, great person, ends up at BYU. Like, will that be a 50-50 battle uh, are there already people who think he's got the upper hand he was banged up at South Florida obviously barely played if not I don't know if he played at all this past season quite honestly because uh, he he had been hurt and he didn't win the job what is um, what's the thought of former Baylor quarterback Gary Bohannon Jr. now arriving at BYU what's kind of the talk you're hearing and 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 do you think it'll be he'll just have to he'll battle for it or do people think he's he's going to be the guy
10: yeah, I do think he'll battle for it. I don't think he's going to come in and, and be the starter. I don't – I mean, BYU kind of had that last year, you know, with Keaton Slovis. They, they came in. He obviously played USC, at, played at Pitt, um, was um, successful, as a re- really successful as a freshman, kind of had some up and down years. But he came in, and he was the starter from day one when he came to BYU. And that's not going to happen, I don't think, this time with Bohannon um, really at all. Because, you know, right now the the quarterback puzzle at BYU is a little bit more complex than it was when Keaton Slovis came last year. You know, Keaton Slovis was coming in. There was no real guy in the room that could start. Um, They brought in two quarterbacks last year, and Jake Retzlaff, the junior college transfer, was one of them. But now, you know, Bo comes in, and, and Retzlaff's the guy that started the last four games of the year for BYU last year, Keaton Slovis. Got got hurt in the Texas game, um, mm-hmm. or after the Texas game, got kind of hurt. Didn't play the rest of the year. And Red's last kind of a guy that I think the offense moves pretty well with him. He's a more mobile quarterback. He's got a really good arm, but you know he hasn't had a ton of experience at the power five level. Uh, four games so far, made a, a ton of kind of costly errors. Had a pick six at the goal line against uh, Oklahoma. Um, if you were watching that one, and that kind of cost him mm-hmm. the game. So. I think right now, if I had to kind of map it out, I think BYU has probably three options at the quarterback room. Uh, they could have kind of a veteran guy like a Bo Hannon, and that gives them that option. I think that's why they brought him in. And then you also have, you know, Jake Redslaff, who can, can cut cut down on turnovers, have him in the mix, and the offense moves well. Um, and then you also could go young and, and look at, you know, a Ryder Burton or a Noah Lugo. Noah Lugo is out of is out of Texas um, in, in the Fort Worth area. So and he's coming in early. Um, so you can kind of go three different routes, and it gives BYU a little bit more flexibility for this spring and summer as they kind of have this quarterback battle of where they're going to go. Because beforehand, I don't think there was there was there was no great option. Either you're relying on a on a junior college transfer who's played four games to to make a huge leap and cut down on turnovers. Or you're asking a guy who has never played a college snap to, to be your starter, and so now you kind of have a legitimate third option um, and third way to go, where you know you have some wiggle room if if Retzlaff can't make a jump, or if or if the young guys don't look ready to play, you know, and, and I think they need that because they need to make a jump in year two of the Big Twelve, as, as mm-hmm. you know.
1: Have they? How active has BYU been in the portal, and what did they learn about themselves this year? Where they felt like they had the the farthest to go. Like, where do you think? What do you think they're addressing the most? I know some people wanted Jeff Grimes when he got fired by Baylor to come back to BYU. He's ended up in a pretty good place as Kansas's offensive coordinator. What 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 do they need to address to really take that jump? Uh, other than make sure they get the quarterback right.
10: Other than the quarterback, there probably two things come to mind: the offensive line. I think it. it It needs to get better, and I think everybody knows that at BYU. um, It it needs to get better. BYU could not run the ball particularly well. Honestly, it couldn't protect the passer. I mean, it was a little bit slightly better in pass protection, but not much. Um, So that really needs to improve. And and that's been kind of the thing for for two years now, where this running game hasn't really been where it needs to be. And the way the offense is kind of structured at BYU is, you know, this is a team that throws off of the run. And if you can't run the ball, then, you know, it gets, it gets really difficult at times, and I think BYU's offense couldn't move the ball consistently this year in the Big 12. Couldn't really move the ball when it was playing well. I mean, BYU started; uh, they beat Arkansas early in the year, but you know there still were pretty glaring mistakes and issues in the run game. So that's where it starts. And I know Grimes was a big thing in the in the offseason, the early parts of the offseason. Obviously, has has a history at BYU, um, but he ends mm-hmm. up at Kansas. But this, this offense. First and foremost, I think he needs to fix the offensive line. And then the second part of it, too, on the defensive side, is a year two of a new coordinator, Jay Hill, in getting pass rushers. I mean, this 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 has kind of been a wholesale change for BYU. Before, they were kind of a drop-eight defense. Um, they weren't worried. I mean, uh, their former defensive coordinator, Liza Tuiaki, who's now um, going to be a position coach at Oregon State, um, he, he really didn't value sacks. Didn't value blitzes and that was not his real thing. And Jay Hill comes in completely different, but he didn't really have the guys I don't think in year one to truly run that defense. And you look at not just the transfer portal, but you look at the recruiting class. They brought in six, seven guys on the defensive line that mm. they're just hoping one or two hit. You know, that's all they yeah. need. Um, and and that's clearly where their priority is right now. All right. Baylor brought
1: BYU players in, the Barrington brothers, good guys. Yeah. It just didn't work as well as they thought. I think they thought they would just plug them in and it would work beautifully. Again, not bad players, but, but you know, sometimes you lean so far on the portal and it, it backfires on you a little bit. And how could you not want to have a pass rush when you watch what Michigan did last night to an unbelievable quarterback and just threw him off, got him off his spot, got him out of rhythm, and he looked – like he hadn't looked all year at least from what i've seen so i would think um i would think everybody's got to be moving toward that all right and it'll be exciting by the way to see the oldest player in college basketball spencer johnson for uh for byu i think there's somebody from fairfield like a month older but that guy's not playing this season he's out with an injury so we're going to call spencer the oldest player in uh in college basketball and uh and that'll be fun well get over get there get over there and check it all out. I was trying to give you uh restaurant recommendations earlier, but who knows you may have been spending a little time in your old haunts there in the Dallas area, but uh have fun tonight kevin and and uh really uh really appreciate you doing this. Look forward to meeting you
10: yeah yeah i'll I'll see you tonight
1: and uh looking forward to it all right there he goes, Kevin Reynolds. Uh, from the Salt Lake Trib and um, really good newspaper there in Salt Lake area and that is the uh, the oldest player Aaron in college basketball Spencer Johnson they'll roll him out there tonight and uh, I was reading something about him and he was being sort sort of sarcastic he was like yeah it's great it's great being referred to as the oldest man in the in college basketball. I don't think he's loved it. I don't think he's totally embraced it, but he that is how he is labeled and he's a, he's a really good player for BYU. All right, it is time to uh get into the NFL. Lots of headlines today. One even includes a Cowboys personnel man who's being interviewed for GM jobs. Could the Cowboys lose their number one draft man? That's all coming up next.
3: Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas.
4: The Baylor women on the road in Big 12 play this Wednesday headed to Kansas to take on the Jayhawks. 6 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 6.30, tip-off Wednesday.
3: Tune into Baylor Women's Basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Hey Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guest superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale modern look and feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine open to the public seven days a week, five to ten, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy the best. Element Waco Hotel.
8: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
4: At NeighborWorks Waco, we understand that buying a home can feel overwhelming, but our dedicated team of experts is here to guide you through the entire process, making it as stress-free as possible. We offer FHA, VA, conventional, and USDA home mortgage products. If you need that additional assistance to help you get into a home, we offer down payment and closing cost assistance. Visit us today at nw-waco.org or call 254-752-1647 and let us help you make homeownership a reality.
5: Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have earth mine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com.
6: Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is The Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true! At The Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call today the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So, for doors
7: that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call.
8: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Oh, Aaron, it is the NFL music. It is time. Prime time. It's time to talk. A lot of headlines going around. And Aaron, our old buddy Aaron Rodgers, back on (laughs) on TV. Oh, it gets better and better. Who's he going after this week? Did he apologize to Jimmy Kimmel? Not exactly. Aaron Rodgers, educating all of us. Okay, he's got world news. He's got Epstein news. You never know what Aaron Rodgers might share with us next as he goes on with the man in the muscle shirt, the man, the myth. The the one thing I'm not tempted to do, Aaron, is on the national title game, I used to like when they'd have the coaches on there, like, talking through the game. Like, that was the first kind of simulcast I liked, and I love the Manning cast. I I just don't have any – the McAfee, I get it, and I kind of at one point thought he was kind of funny – uh, his act's grown a little tired with me, and now he's devolved into some guy, like, almost trying to get himself fired. Aaron, I've gotten myself fired before. <laughs> it's not that fun. You should not, like, seek that out. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Come on. On the air, you know, going on the, with having the Aaron Rodgers on weekly to stir it up, and then you start <laughs> ripping your own, management now, i think it's kind of funny to take a poke at your bosses sometimes i i think that's okay i'm sure our people wouldn't love that but when you just you just single them out by name and just and basically accuse them of trying to undermine your show it's just I, I i don't know how much longer matt the mcafee thing is uh for espn you were about to say something aaron
2: The Titans fired coach. Oh, okay. I'm
1: sorry. I thought you you had something to say about the McAfee thing. I heard you chime in there, I thought. But, all right, we'll Well, get back to it. Yeah.
2: That's all anybody talks about. He's getting exactly what he wants. It's national news headlines talking about his show every day. And that's what everybody (laughs) with a talk show would like. Not everyone wants it to be negative like it is with him. Some people don't care, and obviously he doesn't.
1: He, what's weird is he doesn't, like, he owns that show, but ESPN runs it, and they've reached some kind of agreement. And while they might like people talking about it, they're, when they came up, when they put their ratings out, Aaron, it wasn't good. You know how the, our ESPN Central Texas ratings came out, I don't know, a month, two ago, whenever it was? They were great, they were tremendous. His ratings, not solid. And that's when that's what led him then to, to publicly call out one of the ESPN exec- executives for trying to sabotage his show. I mean, sometimes you just got to listen. I've had – I was on in 10 years in a top-five market. I've had bad ratings. I've had good ratings. Unfortunately, you only remember them when they're bad. You're like, oh, no. And they used to put them in the paper. You know, you wake up, and they're like, oh, Mosley – Mosley's ratings are down this period. Now sometimes they were up. You'd be like, yeah, that's good. But uh, I used to think Aaron, the, the morning news guy who's I like, he's a longtime friend, but he was the media critic. I felt like the only time he would would mention them is when they were low. It's like, hey, not even text him. I'm like, hey, we just did great ratings. You want to put these in there? I'd be like, whatever reason those would not end up in the paper. But boy, if we had a rough period, if we had a rough quarter, like uh, Mosley, Mosley and Galloway are down. All right, that's when Aaron, you're glad it's called Galloway and Company when your ratings are down. <laughs> leave leave me out of that. All right, what else do you have, sir?
2: The Titans fired head coach Mike Vrabel today after hmm. back-to-back losing seasons. Even though they could have possibly trade traded him seeing that he had, might have trade value to other teams with head coaching vacancies, but the team's owner says she didn't want to wait out such a scenario. In an interview posted by the team Tuesday, controlling owner Amy Adams Strong was asked if she considered trading the coach instead of firing him. She's talked about there being a misconception about coaches' contracts and they have to be a willing partner and that she didn't want to kind of go through all that trouble, which I don't think speaks very highly of your franchise. I can get yeah. one to a clean break with the coach, but I'm like, if you can get a second or third round pick for a coach yeah. you're going to fire, you're doing your franchise a seems disservice like, if you don't do that.
1: Seems like Gruden brought yeah. in like either like a first round pick, maybe two first round picks yeah. back in the day. Um, other coaches that, that um, have have ended up bringing in, like, I think I think maybe the Saints ended up getting some kind of, I don't know, Sean was out for a year, wasn't he? I was trying to think if the Saints somehow got any anything for Sean Payton, but he may have been out for long enough that it didn't work out that way. But there are coaches that uh, you can work in a trade. Who was the last one, Aaron, that Gruden got a big haul when he went from the Raiders to the Bucks, I mean, I, I feel like that was uh, that that was like maybe two first-round picks. Has there been one? So, oh, in they got a first for to, What's that?
2: They got a first, a second, and a third for Peyton.
1: Golly. how about that? <laughs> yeah, but they <laughs> and then Sean goes and wins what seven games or whatever,
2: <laughs> and runs off a of Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: Shows him, him up. Time. I mean, uh, maybe he just maybe he just was in love with Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> there are some names, Aaron, that will will never you know they'll always be there. Yeah, you know, Stidham, the former Baylor quarterback, it'll never go away. Stidham, still. I mean, there's there are a lot of things worse in life than being like a marginally talented quarterback. And he was a he was a very talented college quarterback never did great in college i don't think he did that great when he went to auburn but good enough to you know kind of hang around and probably he'll end up like what's the guy here it was from missouri that literally has been a backup quarterback for 14 years not yeah yeah i mean i I, he's going to end up having what a 12 13 14 year career as a backup and he's made a ton of money Made a ton of money. Matt uh, Matt Flynn made a ton of money uh, backing up Aaron Rodgers. Goes to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks paid him all this money, and then they 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 got Russell Wilson in the draft. Said this guy seems pretty good, and they won a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. Now poor Russ has just kind of been kicked to the curb. I mean, he'll make like forty million dollars next year, but he'll he'll make it somewhere else. They'll move him on down the road. He and Sierra. We'll move on to the next city. Where will Russell Wilson play quarterback next year? Now, Aaron, isn't that an interesting question? Yeah, somebody's going to give him a shot. What's that? Somebody's
2: going to give him a shot when they come. Yeah,
1: Like, Russell Wilson could be the New York Giants quarterback. He could be the Washington Commanders quarterback. He could be the Atlanta Falcons quarterback. Um, I mean, I... I bet there's five or six spots you could maybe slate him in, take a peek. I mean, you think Cleveland's going to automatically run it back with Flacco at 39 or 40? (laughs) They may. They may be like, God, we love Flacco. I don't know. What's Flacco now? Flacco 30? 36? 37? About 35, 36, yeah. They may just run it back, say Flacco led us to the playoffs. They started somebody. They rested Flacco. Flacco is so good for them and he got to rest the final week. That's amazing. That is crazy. All right, continue, sir. I'm liking this. I love all this NFL stuff.
2: Quickly, you were talking about Chase Daniels, who uh, yeah. retired last year to embark on a media career, I believe. But he entered the league in 2009. <laughs> he has five starts, 74 regular season appearances over those 14 years, and for those five starts and 78 appearances, he's earned $41.8 million in his NFL career. It's just (laughs) mind-boggling. I
1: love that. All right, Aaron, and did you see that our man, you, you were probably about to mention this, but Dan Quinn. Well, the Cowboys have a couple of candidates out there, but Dan Quinn's name is already coming up. I think it's been mentioned in Washington. I think I'm hearing it with the Carolina, but at least two teams have already reached out to uh, visit with Dan Quinn. I bet by the time it's over, it'll be three or four teams that are interested in talking to Dan Quinn. I, I mean, the good news for the Cowboys is I do think Quinn loves being the Cowboys coordinator and he's not going to go just do it for anything. Um, I was looking, Aaron, let's see. Um, it looks like, it looks like, um, oh, the P- Panthers have nine candidates already. Uh, <laughs> Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator with the Bengals. Canales, the offensive coordinator, Tampa Bay. Ben Johnson, interview requested by Detroit. Ravens defense coordinator, Mike McDonald. Ravens offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. So they're interviewing both coordinators from the Ravens. How would that be, Aaron? Like the coordinators are there competing against each other. Raheem Morris, that would be from the Rams, defensive coordinator. And then Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. All right. And then the Titans are believed to be interested in this Texans offensive coordinator, Bobby Slovik. Or Slovik S-O-L-S-L-O-W-I-K. Aaron, the Panthers are also interested in him, and then Dolphins offensive coordinator Frank Smith. So already have nine names on the Panthers list, and uh, and then of course the Raiders are looking at Pierce, Antonio Pierce, but they also, I mean, you know, I think Love, Jim Harbaugh, I think, I think, uh, I think, you know, Al, Al Davis's son would. Uh, Love to get in the Harbaugh sweepstakes. All right, Aaron, continue, sir.
2: Some Steelers news as they get ready for their wild card game coming up on Saturday, Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. They will be without all-pro outside linebacker T.J. Watt. He suffered a knee injury in their game Sunday. Head coach Mike Tomlin also announced, not surprisingly, that Mason Rudolph would continue to be the starting quarterback. He's won the last two games and is. Started the last three after replacing Kenny Pickett when he was injured.
1: Oh man! Wow, that that is uh, Rudolph. Um, you know, right around the holidays because I remember we were making some some Rudolph jokes. He's in there, <laughs> and so they'll uh, they'll roll on with uh, with Mason Rudolph, another guy who you kind of thought a couple of years ago his career had pretty much stalled out and. If you hang around and can just be on a team, these guys get hurt at such a rate, you're going to have a chance. And uh, and now Rudolph's in there doing his doing his thing. Um, Aaron, I did I did like this the Chargers head coaching search. All right, because they they've had a they fired that guy a good long time ago. That Chargers interim coach, Giff Smith, he did interview on January 9th. That's the day, isn't it? Um, Aaron Glenn, the the Lions defense coordinator. Raiders defense coordinator Patrick Graham. Lions offense coordinator Ben Johnson. See, these are all the same. Aaron, I will give you a new name, though. Kellen Moore, our old buddy, (laughs) will be interviewing for that position. Can you imagine if they hired Kellen Moore? Oh, my gosh. Oh, and Dan Quinn. He is in on that one as well per the NFL network. So Quinn's gonna show up on a bunch of these, but he's in on the Chargers. Now I mean I think the Chargers would be a pretty good job. I the reason I like it, they've got real they got some great pass rushers and they've got a, a potentially great quarterback. I think that's a good I think I think I kinda like that. Of all these things, that one interests me maybe the most. Um and so we'll see. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of other moves. All right, Aaron, the other one I wanted to mention was Cowboys, you know, uh, director of personnel uh, and draft guru, Will McClay. I think both the commanders and um, I believe Carolina have both requested to talk to him. All right, I was seeing that earlier today, and I – It'd be tough on the Cowboys because he's been very good. I would love for him to have the opportunity to run his own room, but he also has, like, the greatest thing going in the world because I think they pay him really well. And Aaron, when they hit, he gets all the credit. (laughs) When they don't hit, Jerry gets all the blame. Now I I don't know if he gets as much credit as he would would like. He'll get more credit, obviously, if he's somewhere else. But Jerry takes up so much airspace. Will McClay just kind of gets to show up, and he seems to hit on draft picks. Who's the biggest bust he's had, Aaron? Mozzie is not looking great from Michigan. All right, but, but time will tell. And another Michigan man they missed on was that pass rusher, the defensive end from Michigan for a few years Taco. ago. But that – Paco, Chor- yeah.
2: From everything I've read, that was – and I'm, I'm I'm blanking on his name, the defensive coordinator at the time,
1: uh, Rod Marinelli.
2: Marinelli basically got his way on that pick because they wanted mm-hmm. to go a different direction.
1: Well, shame on the Cowboys. Same thing with Tristan Marinelli, Hill, the uh,
2: defensive tackle they took in the third round a few years ago. They, they, Both of those were Tristan Hill, supposedly Marinelli, right. Marinelli picks.
1: Yeah, Tristan Hill did not even start at UCF. No, was, All right, too they sick. took him in the, whatever, the second round or whatever it was.
2: Well, in Taco, they he took didn't
1: start for them.
2: two picks before the Steelers selected T.J. Watt because someone in the Cowboy Scouting Department said he was too small.
1: Oh, man. Guess who they took a couple of spots ahead of J.J. Watt. Do you remember this? I don't. Both of them will be Hall of Famers. Cowboys took Tyron Smith.
2: Oh, yeah. At like eight or nine,
1: (laughs) and I think 11, J.J. Watt went to the uh, Texans. I mean, you could make an argument, but I think you're fine with Tyron. Tyron's been uh, incredible. But uh, both of those players obviously went on to have tremendous careers. All right, Aaron, any more? We good.
2: Real quick, the uh, yeah. Jaguars have fired defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell, defensive line coach Princeton Buckner, passing game coordinator Deshea Townsend, and inside linebackers coach Tony Gilbert. Oh, no, and safeties coach. They they fired their whole defensive team, house. Yeah, Doug Peterson said he needed some time to process what had happened on Sunday. He said that yesterday. Apparently 24 hours was all he needed to process it because he just – Fired everybody on the defensive staff.
1: Wow. Wow, just cleaning house there, and uh, very, very interesting. All right, it is time. We're going to get into this uh, 4 o'clock hour, and lots to talk about, but I want to start by reacting to last night's national title game. Lots to say about it. That's next. Sunday
5: afternoon, it's playoff football with your Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. Live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Drive into the new year with confidence and excitement during the Start Something New Sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. Get incredible deals on our entire selection of new Ram trucks, Jeeps, SUVs, Chrysler sedans, or a sporty Dodge. Get more for less guaranteed. More value, more selection, more service, more trade in allowance, and even more competitive financing. Hurry in and start 2024 with a bang. Shop the greatest selection of inventory in Central Texas at Allen Samuels in Waco. In store or online at AllenSamuelsDCJ.com. And make it under. Forgettable.
11: Whether it's a problem with your debit card or just a simple question, things always seem to come up when your bank is closed. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you have access to a real, live, local person who can resolve issues and answer questions from 6 to 8:30 every morning or from 5 to 10 o'clock every evening. Bank Different, Bank Central, Central National Bank. Member FDIC.
1: Hey Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests a superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale, modern look and feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine open to the public seven days a week, five to ten, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy the best. Element Waco Hotel. The flagship
8: station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas.
0: Don't miss the all new Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Hundreds of tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Whether a first time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, beltongunshow.com, or call 817 732 1194. The Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend
6: only. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true! At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast acting, long lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product, so give the doctor a call today at 863 8800 or look us up on the web at IneedTheDoctor.com.
7: So, for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation
9: Doctor will make a
12: house
7: call.
8: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: It is the Matt Mosley Show. Getting ready for Baylor basketball tonight. Bears have a big one with BYU. In fact, uh, that's an 8 o'clock start, 7.30 for the pregame on ESPN Central Texas. John and Pat will be ready to roll on that front from the Foster Pavilion. Both these teams, 12-2, and both these teams ranked. Baylor 14th, BYU 18th. They fell six spots for 12. Baylor moved up four spots in the last rankings. And if you want to watch this thing, it'll be on ESPN Plus this evening. Should be a good one as BYU came in last night. I thought that was cool, Aaron, and we'll hear more from Kevin Reynolds Perhaps in the five o'clock hour, but how neat is that for BYU to show up for like a shoot-around and <clears throat> quite a few kids and BYU people were out there to meet the bus like that that kind of speaks highly of who they are and, and what they're up you know, just uh, they got a great following, of course, the LDS folks all across the country, and um, that's a good group, and so happy to have BYU in. Welcome, Coach Pope. The whole gang. I'm having trouble, Aaron, still getting out of my mind. Their old coach was part of Five Slamma Jamma. Well, he was kind of. He was not really. I think Reed Geddes was Five Slamma Jamma. But right around there, Dave Rose played for uh, University of Houston, Guy V. Lewis. And then he coached at uh, BYU for a long time. Now they have Mark Pope, big, tall dude who played at Kentucky. Probably for, uh, who was it, Kentucky, when Mark Pope was playing? Patino? Um, I don't know, but uh, he was, uh, Mark Pope was, uh, at Kentucky and, uh, tonight, by the way, some fun games, Auburn. I like this, Aaron. Did you see Auburn, a team Baylor beat earlier this season? Now 16th in the country hosting tonight at eight o'clock, Texas A&M. Um, and then, um, Missouri going to Kentucky, Kentucky is now. Number six in the country. That's a six o'clock start. In the Big 12, Houston, the number two. Aaron, they did jump, and I know we, I think we maybe had this yesterday. They jumped from three to two. They switched places with Kansas. And now Houston is number two in the country at 14 and 0. And they will go to Iowa State. Tough, tough game. Aaron, what do you think the line is for the number two ranked Houston Cougars tonight? In Ames, Iowa. That's a 6 o'clock start versus an Iowa State team that's 11-3. And And they got a, you know, we love that coach. He's a great coach. He loves a good tight golf shirt. Maybe even more so, he's a a big weightlifter. Maybe even more so than the great Moser out of uh, OU. Aaron, what do you think the line is, if you had to guess? Houston, number two Houston. Houston favored by eight. Houston favored by two and a half.
2: Oh, wow, mm-hmm.
1: I think that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty good uh, deal there. Now, Duke number eleven, Duke is at Pitt at uh, eight o'clock this evening. Duke favored by five and a half in that one. I, I think we're waiting to see how good the Cougars are. I mean, they're about to go through that meat grinder of a conference schedule. They did lose a really good player earlier this year, but I—I I mean, I like them. I mean, it's—I um, mean, they're—they're they're good. And for our old buddy Crier is there hitting a lot of points. Uh, Jamal Shed and LJ Crier form an elite backcourt, and Aaron. Right now, this Houston team—I was just reading this. They'll be favored in all but one or two games, they believe, the rest of the season. Now, that could change. Baylor or Kansas could get on a roll or something, and then Houston might not be favored. But they'll just be, I don't think Houston certainly would not be favored. Nobody will be favored at Kansas. I do think Houston would be favored at the Pavilion right now, the Foster Pavilion. I think if Houston came in, they would be favored by, I don't know, three or four points, something like that, or about two and a half. Just like Iowa State, is Baylor Aaron? Do you think people are already thinking of Foster Pavilion as? Uh oh, I I don't think they are. I think they're kind of like more just intrigued, kind of like, hmm, this is going to be interesting. Wonder what we're going to face here. I, I certainly it's not a it's not a fear thing. It's just a hey man. I wonder what this will be like. I think that's what people are thinking. Now, the word may spread across the conference if the Bears get going. But, Aaron, they need a Cowboys-like, they need to win games. Like, they can't, they got to beat BYU tonight. You say, oh, Matt, BYU wouldn't be a bad loss. BYU's ranked 18th. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. That would be a bad loss to BYU at home. You've got to win your home games. Aaron, how many road games? Were we talking about this earlier today? How many road wins were there? Um, uh, Baylor gets one at Oklahoma State. Cincinnati goes to BYU in the Marriott Center and get gets one. Is that it? Anybody else get a road win hmm. into Big Twelve in that first series of games? It's hard. Might be it. That might. I think that's it. I think it is hard. Um, I thought that Marriott Center would be really tough and And Cincinnati, of all people, I did not know Cincinnati was good um the national win of the week aaron according to e s p n dot com the Cincinnati bearcats over b y u um they the bearcats have losses to in state rivals, Xavier and dayton um and, but going into that game, Aaron, they hadn't beaten a top-100 Ken Palm team yet this season. Meanwhile, BYU was 12-1 with wins over San Diego State and NC State, and the only loss being to Utah. Um, I don't know, man. What if Cincinnati's good? I don't think they are. But they kind of dialed in defensively. Um, Oh, Aaron, Mark Pope. BYU. His team made four of its final twenty-two three-point attempts. Hmm. That that's come in, Aaron, with a, with a player in that game for BYU hit nine threes. And as Kevin will tell us in the five o'clock hour, he they they sat him for six minutes. I'll tell you what I wouldn't do now. Again, maybe I'll look, and he had some foul trouble or something. I was watching some of that game. If I got a guy who's hit nine threes. Aaron, you know where I'm not going to put him? I don't think I'm going to put him anywhere near that bench. I'm certainly not going to sit him for like six minutes. From the 10.30 to like four and a half minutes left, that's too long. That's too long to have somebody out. Um, Aaron, they got Cincinnati has a guy that we're going to like. Jizzle James. J-I-Z-Z-L-E, Jizzle James. 12 points. And he provided a real spark off the bench. <laughs> and then, uh, Aaron, Victor Lakin, L-A-H-K-I-N, 17 points. Aaron, don't tell me we're going to have to worry about Cincinnati Saturday. I had that as kind of like a, let's just go down there have fun. We'll beat up on the Bearcats. May go down there and maybe get a bite to eat before the game. Saturday, you know, just kind of hang out, have a good time. Don't tell me Cincinnati's coming in going to challenge the Bears. I fear they might. I fear they might. Um, And I was just looking at the ESPN.com power rankings. I'll tell you what we'll do, by the way. Um, I need to get into because I promised I would do this. And we'll do it more in the 5 o'clock hour. But, Aaron, next, let, let's let definitely get into the, the national title game. And why a lot of America missed this one um and what happened to my maybe my favorite quarterback in the country i still love him still love him still a great one and i still think he deserved the heisman trophy but in the biggest moment he he didn't have it he didn't get it done um and uh what happened to michael Penix jr let's discuss that next
4: Cowboys football 2023. Prescott's back to throw, looking right. Only heard here. There's a Nienzo caught for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. All season. By C.D. Lamb.
5: Sunday afternoon, it's playoff football with your Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. Live from AT&T Stadium. On this
4: Dallas Cowboys radio network station.
2: It's the Cowboys and the Packers. Sunday starting with the pregame at 2. Here on
4: ESPN Central Texas. Hey, folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. 2024 is here, and it couldn't be a better time to purchase your next new Chevrolet. For an example, Silverado is as much as $10,000 off. Travers is $5,000 off. And the all-new Equinox, 3000 off. And we also have the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory folks that we've seen in years. And we don't play any of the games or gimmicks, just honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261 or 24-7 at turnerschevy.com. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away at McGregor or we treat you like fam like buying new roads
12: an exceptional experience and extraordinary results that's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at cherry johnson sigmund james law firm craig cherry ryan johnson mark sigmund and scott james are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases as well as business disputes They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue.
1: Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375.
8: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
1: Health has an all-star team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons, including the Matt Mosley Show sports injury expert, Dr. Lance Ellis. Whether your pain is from an old or new sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, Health orthopedic team uses the latest minimally invasive technology, including an orthopedic robot, to perform total knee replacements with unmatched precision. Call 254-483-KNEE. That's 254-483-KNEE.
6: Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids, or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is The Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true! At The Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors
7: that are sticking and cracks in your
0: walls... The Foundation Doctor will make a house call.
8: Now back to the Matt Mosley show on ESPN central Texas.
1: it is the uh, Matt Mosley show. If you're listening to us, you're thinking about, uh, well, I don't want to drive all the way home tonight. We got a lot of people listening in Dallas, Houston, Austin, that Waco element hotel. Whoa. Onkit has become a good buddy of mine. I love that place. And, uh, and that's kind of when we started partnering up when I stayed there one night and really liked it and thought, golly, man, you want to partner up on something? And Ankit's a big Baylor fan, likes going to the games. And so we have really enjoyed it. And that is a great – you know, there's a place near campus that kind of has a neat hotel bar where Baylor people meet up. I got to tell you, one of the most underrated bars in town is that – right out there at that Waco Element, right off the circle. You know, if you want to get you a cheeseburger uh, over at the uh, health camp and, and then maybe run over there to the uh, the bar. Uh, they also have food there, full-service restaurant, the whole thing, so all kinds of specials, appetizers, so check them out. Um, and also, by the way, wanted to mention um, the uh, QC Kinetics. Um, no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. And boy, they've revolutionized the future of pain treatments. People with back, hip pain. I got neck pain. Any pain associated with arthritis or any injury, get your life back and uh, free consultation. Uh, get on the calendar today. That's two five four four one five forty one hundred two five four four one five four one zero zero. Aaron, I felt I it was a d. De- it was an okay. I I got to say the game was not what we had hoped for. I thought, well, at first, I thought, oh, no, Michigan's going to run away with this thing. They're up 17-3. Washington didn't know what had hit them. Washington at least got a foothold in the game, got back in it, gets it to 17-10, has that thing at 20-13. They were were hanging in there. I thought the defense settled down a little bit because they were awful. Um, Michigan, Aaron, I mean, it's kind of like Michigan showed up and with a player that no one had ever seen, like and I know that guy who's at number seven. Is that Edwards? Aaron? Is that his name? I, I, I know he plays for them, but I mean, we think of Corum as being their big running back, and that that, that dude. I mean, they're, they're running up the middle with him, and then he's cutting. He's cutting runs back, and it's like, oh wait, I think I'll, I think I'll run about sixty yards over here. Oh wait, here's 45 yards over here. If I just bounce this thing back. They just I mean it was it it's pretty simple. They like loaded everybody up, put all their big horses Michigan did. And, and and oh let's 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 have them think we're going to go left. And what if what would happen if the running back actually uh jumps back to the right? Well, what happened is nobody was there. Now give Washington credit, they did their crazy, you know, bearded co-defensive coordinator they got co-defensive coordinators he's the one who calls the plays they kind of finally dug in and made some adjustments Penix Jr. just never quite he had moments but he just wasn't himself I mean they they sacked him they hurt him they I mean and then even when he had uh, Aaron uh, early in the game you knew it wasn't going to be their night they're down Already it's like fourteen to three or something. They finally, Odunze, my guy, you know, the great player for uh, I mean they find him all alone. They just didn't even cover him. The the I mean the the one of the best receivers in the country didn't cover him, and he throws it out there over a different shoulder, and Odunze could not adjust to it, and they miss what could have been an easy touchdown. By the end of the game, they couldn't even, they were just trying to, poor 73. Aaron, I'll have you know, Washington apparently, like, was the number one offensive line in the country. Like, they won that award. And, man, they I, they got beat up so badly. I mean, I like I liked some of those guys, and I think they're going to be okay, maybe even at the next level. But as a unit, they just got beat up. Michigan throws somebody up there, I'm like, Aaron, I'm thinking, why are you drafting Mozzie? Somebody go get that number 78. Cowboys should go try to draft him immediately. I don't even know what year he is. I mean, he was a game wrecker. Every time uh, Penix Jr. dropped back, here comes 78. And then, Aaron, you remember the guy I was having trouble with his last name, and I brought it up with uh, the man we had on yesterday from On3, J.D. Backell. And, and I said, hey, this guy's this guy's supposed to be – gosh, this guy's good. You know, he's a nickelback. I think, Aaron, it's number zero for Michigan. And, is, and I don't have his name in front of me again, so I'm not even going to try it. He's got a kind of an interesting last name. Aaron, he was unbelievable in that game. Makes a huge interception. Makes another play late. Got his hands on everything. I mean, I don't know what – Washington was, like, trying to throw out to the flat and – and Michigan was just all over everything, Aaron. I just I, mean, I hate I hate it when somebody we've all fallen in love with and throws in a semifinal for over four hundred yards. It certainly wasn't as embarrassing as what happened to TCU, just not even showing up and getting and getting run off the field sixty five to seven. But still, you just hate it for him. He couldn't get his team lined up. Then Aaron, poor number seventy three. Was he the right tackle? He, he, he. A couple of times he got he was too quick getting out of his stance, and then a couple of times maybe it was just so loud in there he never got out of his stance. They snap it, they go racing by him, and he's reaching out, having to hold, to try to keep his quarterback from getting killed. I I I just hate it for Penix Jr. because in my mind he was the Heisman winner. He was the greatest but he didn't perform at the highest level in the biggest game. He didn't get it done. Wasn't totally his fault. Didn't have time, was on the run, was rushed. But, man, he was he was making great throws in the past, even when they did put a pass rush on him. Um, hats off to Michigan. I mean, are they cheaters? You bet they are. Did anybody at Michigan know what Connor Stallions? I think so. I think I saw him, like, standing over by... Harbaugh, I mean, Harbaugh, on one, on one hand, I do think he's a great coach. On one hand, you know, him trying to sit up here after that game and talk about how, you know, we're innocent. All those players are innocent. Well, some of the players might be innocent. I don't know that the players were aware of some kind of elaborate sign-stealing deal. I I have to say, those guys show up and do what the coaches ask of them. OK, so I do think they went out and got the thing done. But but don't don't get up there and talk about how everybody at Michigan is innocent and all that. <laughs> and what is he going to do? What is he going to do, Aaron? He's, he's going to beat the sheriff out of town. Yes. and He's going to go take one of these NFL jobs and he gets to leave. Like a hero, that was... I want a national championship and nobody will care when they get put on probation the other people, the people left behind, will have to deal with it. And, by the way, it'll take the NCAA forever if they ever do anything. Somebody had a good point, Aaron. They said that commissioner handled this thing beautifully because he suspended him for those three games, made up, you know, to try to keep the rest of the conference happy, made Michigan mad, but then when, when it was time for Michigan to show up at that court case, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we we're okay. We'll accept our three-game punishment. So they accepted it, and then they get to win it all, and the commissioner gets up there and gets to, you know, take part in, in his team winning a national title when he looked like the tough guy. Now, tough punishment would have been, you're done the rest of the year, Jim Harbaugh. Nope, there was no way they were going to have the guts to do that, but they sat him down. So, Aaron, how many did they end up 15-0? and Is that right? 15-0. and and so Harbaugh coached nine games, coached nine games, right? And then he was suspended for six of those games. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you if you think that kind of thing is like great and you're excited, I mean if you're Michigan, I get I get how it is when you cheat. You know, it's like the Astros fans. It, it made them love their team even more because of how hated they became. Everywhere they went, people you know, booed them and made fun of them and did the trash can thing and all that kind of stuff. Well, it endeared the team even more to those players. Same thing with Michigan. Harbaugh will now be the most beloved coach in Michigan history with that national title. And Shim Beckler was the long time and the one everybody loved. But now Harbaugh becomes because it's been a long time, Aaron. you got to go all the way back to, what, 1990? I mean, it's interesting because that's when Washington was great, too. Well, no, for Washington, you have to go all the way back to, like, 1991. I think Michigan, you had to go all the way back to, like, 97 or something like that. Maybe Lloyd Carr did something. But then he became known for losing to Appalachian State years later. And then Hoke had, like, one good year. And and Harbaugh gets to, despite, you know, an absolute huge cheating scandal that was the biggest story in college football, by the time the night ended, Aaron, what were all the sideline people and everybody, who's got it better than you, coach? Who's got it better than you? I mean, nobody – I mean, everybody was just like, oh, the adversity, all that stuff. It just makes you want to throw up. So I, I don't know – Aaron, have we had a least satisfying national championship winner in the last decade? I mean, it's not like we get that excited when Alabama or Georgia wins it. But we at least don't think, oh, man, they cheated to do it. I mean, you know, they're all doing it under NIL and Portal and under the current rules for the most part. There's really no cheating anymore except for sign stealing. And and that was true cheating. And uh, and they had an elaborate deal, and they went. And they went to now, Aaron. I but see, I hold it more against Harbaugh than anybody else. I like his players. I kind of like J.J. McCarthy. I don't mind him. He seems like a pretty good kid. Um, those defensive players were great. I mean, if they had a fallen apart. Once the sign-stealing thing was out there, then you could say, yeah, see, house of cards built on sign-stealing. Still doesn't mean, I mean, I still think the sign-stealing helped them, and it showed how willing they were. Go- what, what it reminds me of more than anything is straight up what the Patriots did. I mean, I, you know, what the, what the Astros did was just laughable. I mean, you know, they're beating trash cans. I mean, you know, that, that's, just, that's just ludicrous this was an elaborate in taking advantage of some guy that was obsessive and who knows maybe he brought it to their attention hey guys i'm capable of finding this out but they they okayed it they okayed it you think he was running around on his own dime he had a booster paying him and he was standing there on there on the sideline of games so i mean in 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 essence if you thought if you if you think the Patriots, if you take something away from all their greatness and think they're cheaters, how can you not say the same about Michigan? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. I mean, they did it differently. I mean, who are bigger cheaters, Aaron, between the Patriots? And the. I would say that I think I would lean toward Michigan maybe. I mean, I guess we – Patriots did it so much, and then the the inflated football thing so we think of the Patriots as doing it for longer but maybe the sign stealing stuff because some of the Patriots accusations turned out not to be true one year they tried to get them on like a a film gate or something and one of those deals did not end up being true by the Boston Herald you remember that Aaron before Super Bowl some guy breaks some huge story and it was the Patriots, so we all believed it. Like, yeah, yeah, cheaters, cheaters. Well, that story ended up, and even some of the inflation, infl, you know, inflated football story ended up being a bit of a hoax. So I don't know. I, I think I could make an argument that Michigan's deal was almost more offensive than the cheating Patriots. And Aaron now, he rides off into the sunset, um, Harbaugh, and we will arrive at whatever NFL team, and he'll take over. And and so I I'm torn. It's kind of like with Belichick. I I do think I've always thought Harbaugh was a great coach, but now to know like what links he went to, I think it mars his legacy. Um, like I I certainly think like Urban Meyer, Saban, of course. I mean I could think of several others. Uh I would put Dabo, I would put Kirby. I I would put those four I just mentioned ahead of him. I'm talking about guys that are still doing it. I'm not talking about Bear Bryant and all that kind of stuff. But I I but Harbaugh has to move into probably certainly current top 5 coaches uh in the country. I mean he's I mean but he's but he cheated to do it. So I'm, I think we're conflicted. Aaron do you, do you, do you, are you able to separate it and go great coach, but a cheater? Or is it just too much? Is it, is it, I mean, is it, I, I just have a hard, I'm having a hard time getting my arms around like how much to credit him and how much to make fun of him.
2: Yeah, no, I, well, I, this, you were talking about this being the most unsatisfying national champion in probably the last decade. This is the most in my lifetime. And I've, I went back. I was trying to remember if there's ever been one where I was just less interested and more disappointed, especially, I mean, I was already, I didn't watch most of the game. I kept up with it. It was going. I watched the highlights after. But it, just his comments after the game, it's just, he knows it's just so galling. He knows he cheated, and he's hanging on the rim basically saying, yeah, I cheated, but I'm going to say we're innocent. There's nothing you can do about it. And I, I just, I hate the whole thing. And you're absolutely right. Nothing's going to happen to him. And now he's going to waltz off to the NFL and do well there because he's a good coach.
1: And and I and you kind of hate how the media plays along with it. Like like it's kind of turned into like almost a fun story. Yeah, no like, pushback. Look at look at Jim turn his nose up on everybody. Now you know Thamel and and Dan Wetzel. And and every everybody who dug in on that story, good on them. I mean, you know, you that that was a major news story, and people always want to think ESPN overdoes it on all that stuff, and sometimes they probably do. But you know, some some media didn't. You know, they they kept digging and kept you know digging in on all that stuff. Uh, same thing with that Dellinger, you know, Ross Dellinger with Yahoo, but. The TV people, they think it's cute. They think it's cute to have the villain up there smiling, saying, you know, who has it better than us. So I'm conflicted. Do I think he's one of the best coaches of the last two decades at the NFL and college level? I do. Did he cheat? Yeah, he did. I think both of those things can be true. Um. And, uh, and I think that's what we're dealing with. All right, it is time for Campus Confidential. It's, uh, it's one of the favorite things we do, and uh, we always love uh, getting ready for it, getting revved up for it. That is next.
3: Baylor Bear basketball all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. The
4: Bears host the BYU Cougars in their Big 12 home opener Tuesday in Foster Pavilion. Seven thirty for the countdown to tip off. Eight PM tip off Tuesday. Join
3: Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear basketball right here on ESPN Central Texas.
9: Attention fans of Hellberg Barbecue. You can enjoy their Central Texas-style barbecue, homemade sides, and desserts at their current location, 8532 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. They are operating drive-thru and curbside service out of food trailers parked outside the building. And their hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., or till they sell out. Customers can call 254-265-5387 for pre-orders. Hellberg's barbecue full-service catering option is still available for your next group outing. Soon, Hellberg will offer sandwiches and banana pudding at the grab-and-go markets inside the new Foster Pavilion. The future of Hellberg Barbecue includes a new building, bigger and better than ever, just down Highway 6 from the current location. Twice named one of the top barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine, it's time to try Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg Barbecue, just salt, pepper, and a whole lot of prayer. 254-265-5387
6: and at hellbergbarbecue.com. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true! At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com.
7: So that are sticking and cranks in your walls, the Foundation
11: Doctor will make a house
8: call. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at syntechsportsfan.com.
11: Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening. And we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC.
12: An exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100-plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over two billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue.
5: Campus Confidential is sponsored by Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner Chevrolet is just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and they will treat you like family. It's time for Campus
8: Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: What is uh, Matt Mosley? It's Campus Confidential. Thank you, Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner, he'll be courtside tonight. He and Julie, that Jim Turner family concourse area. Love having Jim, a part of the uh, Campus Confidential. A major, major uh, component, benchmark, we like to call it, here on the uh, the Matt Mosley Show with Aaron Sexton. Aaron, I'm going to start, um, before I turn it over to you, now listen to this. I just happened to notice this. Baylor women's tennis... Students, to uh, I think this is for tonight's game, students can show up to basketball, uh, can sign up to play pickleball during tonight's game at the marketing table inside the student entrance. Eligible contestants must be wearing tennis shoes to participate. Sign up at the marketing table. This is the halftime pickleball challenge. And I guess they'll be doing this out on the... The Foster Pavilion. Um, I mean, I, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. This is, Aaron. I I would like to participate. Now they're saying just Baylor students. I was a Baylor student. <laughs> it's been a few years. I, I certainly I do play a lot of tennis. I would ha, I would, that would not be good. I it, if I got them on the tennis court, these these women are way. I mean, you know, I, I would get you know blown off the court. But in pickleball, I feel like I could hold my own uh, with these young women. All right? So if there is, if Baylor Athletics considers like a media-type challenge, I would like to be part of that. And I would like to choose who my, let me think. Aaron, who do you think in local media, I mean, who would I want to team up with out there? Golly, see, lively is athletic and Chris is athletic. They're gone. Chad, Chad had some kind of injury or something here recently. Chad Vontharen, so that concerns me. It was something he was fighting here recently. Or is it something with his eye, his vision? I don't know. Um, Aaron, who who else? Eric, Eric Kelly or Parker, do they provide any Shaji? Do those do those guys seem athletic to you? I kind of think my best bet is Darby or Nicole I, I, I mean no offense to anybody okay I like I mean all these folks I really like a lot but I, I would say Darby or Nicole are going to be my best partners on the pickleball court as we take on Baylor women's tennis. Aaron would you do you think I could hold my own in that kind of setting? A um, a pickleball contest with the with the Baylor women's tennis. I
2: don't think so, but I don't want to dissuade you from trying. So yes.
1: Okay. Because <laughs> okay. I want to see that actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I I like a good pickleball game. And I there's some local high schoolers that I've kind of I've been able to overpower around uh, around this area where I live, Aaron. So I'm gonna. I'm going to see, I'll see if Baylor Athletics will will consider allowing the media to be a part of something like this. It is the Matt Mosley Show. It is <clears throat> Campus Confidential, a heavily sponsored uh, uh, segment thanks to Jim Turner Chevrolet. Aaron, what do we have today?
2: After leading Michigan to a national championship and a 15-year-old, and a 15-0 and record, the Head coach of the Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh, wants you to know that the Wolverines are innocent. In the (laughs) post-game press conference last night, asked about the off-field issues. He said, "quote actually wasn't asked about the off-field issues. He just kind of offered. He said, quote, the off-field issues were innocent and we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. And I'd like to point that out. These guys are innocent. Overcame that. It wasn't that hard because we knew we were innocent. So <laughs> they have to be because he repeated the word "innocent" a lot. And he wouldn't do that if they weren't. Would he?
10: <laughs>
1: yeah, I think the more he said it, the more I became convinced that Michigan knew nothing. Connor <laughs> Stallions, I've total rogue, and he and he somehow just he's a he's an outgoing guy who talked his way onto the sideline of all those games. Even one of those weird like Central Michigan or wherever he ended up on the sideline. He just everybody's just like Connor, we love you. Come on down here. Now, let's see. Major effort, but again, they before anything is ever decided other than the three-game punishment, <laughs> they win a national title, nobody from Michigan will ever care. They'll they'll do this thing. It'll probably be like the Kansas deal, Aaron. It'll, we'll all move on with our lives. And like two or three years from now, somebody will say, "Hey, you remember that scandal?" Well, they're they're gonna they're gonna take a couple of scholarships away from. Them. No, they're gonna. <laughs> I mean, there, there'll be nothing. It'll be the biggest nothing. What, what did they do to Kansas after all that time? Nothing. I think they took away some of his wins.
2: Well, they? And, they... and they limited his off-campus recruiting for, like, a whole month. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what do you expect? Death penalty,
1: Matt? Come on. I... <laughs> Are they going to take that banner down to one of those Final Four appearances? I'm trying to think. They had to vacate some wins, but you know they're not going to take that banner down. They didn't do anything to them, and the same thing will happen to Michigan. Two years from now, we'll hear some some fine or something ridiculous. So kudos to the national champions. Hope it was worth it. And you know what, Aaron? They again, as I said earlier, this just makes them love Harbaugh even more that they win the national title and they had it did it under a cheating scandal. And this is now filed forever in Michigan under the headline of, you know, adversity.
5: Oh, it's look at what we overcame. Yeah we well,
1: overcame we, we 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 stepped up and overcame so much
2: well you know he only took the dis- only accepted the suspension to avoid distraction so <laughs> ah, it's
1: that's right. ridiculous that's right no he's uh he is not believable i do kind of like those like for a guy that's i mean he's a he's a he, he has those thick glasses i like the coach i mean who who put some uh who wears some thick glasses like that. He's a strange man. Did you see down there was somebody <laughs> he looked like he was about to turn around and hit somebody. They had footage of uh somebody coming up behind him and he just had this like that kinda it kind of freaked him out and he turned around and it was John Harbaugh down the sideline. And somebody had a funny uh meme, Aaron, they put they put a picture of the two brothers like hugging before the game and laughing. And then they put a picture of the guy who married into the family, (laughs) the the brother-in-law who married uh, their sister. You know who was the coach Tom Crean used to be the used to be the coach at Indiana and Marquette. They put his picture in the stands, and he had like kind of a scowl on his face. It (laughs) said, "It said in blood," and it said, "Married into the family." And they showed a picture of Tom Crean up in the stands. But Tom married the sister. The Harbaugh sister, and uh, and and he is he's been extremely supportive of the Harbaugh family. I mean, I don't blame the you know I like, I kind of like John Harbaugh, and I kind of like the dad. I like Jack Harbaugh, who used to be the coach. I mean, I, it's not I'm, this is not an anti-Harbaugh campaign family. It's just Jim. I think Jim, I think Jim orchestrated a big cheating scandal and he's going to walk away scot-free.
2: As we look f- toward next year in college football, odds are already out from the sports books, obviously, for futures bet for next year's national champion. Care to guess who has the best odds?
1: <sighs> best odds to win next year's national title. hmm I'm going to go with Georgia with the best odds, and probably, probably, Bama. Um, after that, I I would say Texas is going to be up there pretty high. Those are the three names that come to mind.
2: You were correct uh, on all three, but the top two. Georgia is the favorite, a little over a, a four to one. On your money, if you bet Georgia to win and they win the national championship next season, Alabama is six to one, Ohio State eight to one, Michigan and Texas nine to one. And then okay. the odds go up from there. Oregon 12 to one, Old Miss 14 to one, which is kind of surprising. I know they're doing great in the transfer portal, but uh, head you know. of LSU and a couple of other SEC teams.
1: That I'll tell you what scared me today, and that AP poll, the final AP poll came out, and the coaches poll and all that. Did you see who was number eleven? The eight, the final AP poll, Aaron. That would be the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona is is coming into this conference with a swagger. I mean, it's scary. That's the highest ranking they've had since 1998. Highest end of the year. I mean, my gosh, we were like in college just about. Uh, been a long time. Aaron, Arizona's going to walk in here and expect to run this conference. I mean, I never thought I'd say it, but Jed Fish and Arizona and that quarterback, love that quarterback. Um, Fafidi or golly, How do you how do I say his name? Fafidi. Anyway, he's good. He's a he's a playing dude, and they got a great receiver. McMillan is a great receiver. I, I'm just telling you, that we're going to all get together for Big Twelve Media Days, and everybody's going to vote Arizona number one, Utah number two, Oklahoma State number three. I don't know after that. Who do you who do you have, Aaron? (laughs) Arizona probably Texas Tech. Just because they get a lot of
2: love in the preseason every year.
1: Okay, let's put Texas Tech after Oklahoma State at four. I think maybe TCU. They're getting a lot of portal love. I think we got to put TCU either Tech and then TCU or TCU and then Tech. Those are the top five. And then it's 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 wide open man i mean you got you you gotta think Dion's going to get some love he's already he's done well on the portal, so let's put Dion sixth and then who's who's after that? Would anybody step up and say the new look Baylor Bears eh, oh, don't God. forget
2: about Kansas State and Kansas, which I oh, did <laughs> gosh. until just now,
1: yeah you probably gotta put k State fifth or sixth, and you've gotta put Kansas in the top seven yeah, it's sixteen teams, Aaron a lot <laughs> I mean they're gonna rank and and again, I understand why they'll why they'll do it, and I hope they're wrong, but Bears will be lucky to be like thirteenth, and uh, you know that's what I mean,
2: probably appropriate after last season,
1: yeah, yeah. I uh golly. That's right. I'm afraid so. But hey, all these new guy we had that we had our new man, our new recruiting guy on yesterday, Aaron. I kinda got excited thinking about Will Turboff, you know, talking about all these players. That you know, was kind of fun. Talking about all the 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 uh, Daniker, Kurt Daneker. I've gone back, Aaron, now and I've I've looked at a lot of Toledo and Ohio film. I've been looking at a lot of Mac film. All right, Aaron, do you have any more?
2: A couple more, yep. former Baylor head coach and current Alabama defensive coordinator Kevin Steele announced that <laughs> he is retired. Steele, who has been coaching for over 40 years, turns mm. f- 66 in March. He's uh, spent the 13 years in the SEC and was the Royals Awards winner in 2017, is the top college assistant while he was defensive coordinator at Auburn. This year, is Alabama's defensive coordinator, they're second in the SEC in scoring defense and 16th nationally, allowing 19 points per game.
1: You remember when Kiffin just came out and said it. News conference. That's he not Kevin Steele's defense. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Steele's not calling the plays. <laughs> that was so weird. Um, congratulations. It wasn't. It didn't go well at Baylor. And unfortunately, when his name comes up, we don't have fond memories. But he's a good guy. I mean, nobody ever said a discouraging word about like be him being a bad guy or a right. cheater. He never stole signs. We wish he had stolen <laughs> a couple of signs. But uh, I don't, you know, wish him the best, And I, I, I'd like to see him as an analyst right here for the Baylor Bears. Go full circle and, and show up and be a defensive analyst. For the old Baylor Bears, bring him back to Waco to to truly finish up his career. But congratulations to Kevin Steele. I like Kevin. You just don't want to hire a head coach who runs marathons. (laughs) That suggests that they've got too much other things, you know, too many hobbies.
2: I agree with that. That's a good point. (laughs) Five games on the Big 12 men's basketball schedule tonight. Number two, Houston on the road in a blizzard taking on Iowa State and Ames. (laughs) Number 25, Texas, badly in need of a win at Cincinnati, where they are an underdog. Kansas State on the road against a very bad West Virginia team is only a two-point favorite in the other two games. Oklahoma State travels to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech, coming off a huge win over Texas over the weekend. And finally, right here in River City, number 14, Baylor, takes on number 18, BYU, in the Foster Pavilion tonight at 7.30 for the pregame and a tip right after 8 right here on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Right here in River City comes from all the old musical, um, The Music Man.
2: Oh, I didn't know where it came from.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, um, right here in River City. And it it used to be, and then there was a song in there that would talk about, like the ruination of the town was going to be the pool halls. Oh, and well, the music man came <laughs> to town and he was going to that's 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 that was part. You were you're you're still one of the great pool players in McClendon County. But, yeah, that was that was going to mess up the town. And so that was what he was coming to town was to deliver a band and and, and keep the kids out of the pool halls. There. And <laughs> that's kind of the plot to music, man. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. All right. Um. All right. Good stuff. Strong stuff. Now, in the 5 o'clock hour, as we prepare you for tonight's battle at the Pavilion, BYU, it's a religious battle, all right? Uh, The Baptists versus the Mormons will be getting it on. Tip-off tonight, 8 o'clock. It's a late one. It's a late one. But, boy, the crowd will be whipped into a frenzy by 8 o'clock. Aaron, they can run over, go to Brazos Landing or that uh, burger place right across the way there. They got great drinks and burgers. Everybody get all ready and get ready for tip-off tonight. Eight o'clock. Bears versus BYU. Going to be a great crowd. Students aren't even back in school, and yet they have uh, gotten their full allotment of tickets. And there's uh, there's some standby tickets of maybe available, but you've got to come stand there and wait on it. But the students have shown up in a big way. Very excited to see them out there tonight at foster pavilion all right next we'll continue um to get you ready and in this hour you will also hear from kevin reynolds um, from the salt lake uh, city tribune uh, that's gonna be fun as uh the uh they uh we'll uh, we'll be talking and getting you ready for baylor versus byu all that coming up next
8: find sports news streaming and show podcast at SynTechSportsfan.com.
0: Morrison's Gifts and would like to thank all of their friends, family, and extended family their customers for another amazing year. They would also like to extend a special thanks to m M&M and broadcasters, ESPN Central Texas, and Shooter FM for helping grow their business through the uncertainty of the pandemic and recent economic concerns. Morrison's Gifts would especially like to thank the community for shopping local. Morrison's is a proud Baylor alumni-owned business serving gift-giving needs of Central Texas. Go see our friends at Morrison's Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills close to Jason's Deli. On the road with Mr. Rhodes. Hey, here's the shocker. Cars
4: are bigger than people, so if you're behind the wheel, be careful. Those crosswalk stripes, yeah, they aren't left over from National Painted Street like a zebra day. They mean you need to stop for people in crosswalks and yield the right-of-way when turning at intersections. And no looking at phones, photos, texts, emails, or holding your jeans or where that nickel fell.
7: Oh, and please, slow down.
3: Sound advice. Mixed in with professional sound effects. Be safe. Drive smart. A message from
0: TexDot. They know steak at Logan's Roadhouse. Everyone will find an entree that they love at Logan's Roadhouse, including wood-grilled steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, pork chops, burgers, sandwiches, soups and salads, salmon and shrimp, and those famous made-from-scratch yeast rolls. Dining in the casual dining room or in the bar, where you can also enjoy a signature cocktail or ice-cold beer. Logan's Roadhouse in the Central Texas Marketplace in Waco. Open every day at 11 and until 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday nights.
5: Sunday afternoon, it's playoff football with your Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas
4: Cowboys radio network station.
0: Don't miss the all-new Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only. Hundreds of tables of guns, knives, ammo, and accessories. Whether a first-time buyer or looking for that special piece to add to your gun, knife, or military collection, they have what you're looking for. Visit their website, beltongunshow.com or call 817-732-1194. The Belton Premier Gun Show at the Bell County Expo Center this weekend only.
1: Hey Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests a superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale, modern look and feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine open to the public seven days a week, five to ten, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy
0: the best element waco hotel welcome back to the matt mosley show the presenting sponsor of the matt mosley show is central national bank your leading independent bank with locations in waco temple and austin also sponsored by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram Barnett Contracting, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Schmalch's Sandwich Shop, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. What is Matt Mosley? And
1: uh, we are We are getting closer to tip off tonight, 730 on the pregame. Here on ESPN Central Texas over from Foster Pavilion. As the Bears try to, I mean, first conference game, a lot of first over there. First conference game, students are starting to trickle back to town. And, of course, all our kind of local students, I say local, Waco, Dallas, Austin, Houston, a lot of the kids are coming in, and so that will be great. And we need to have a, uh, the Bears need to have a really good crowd over there. Uh, Aaron, I did, we've got a lot of breaking news today on the NFL front. And um, there's some news happening even on the college front. The Washington Huskies uh, wide receiver has now come out, Jalen Polk from Lufkin, Texas, and declared uh, uh, for the NFL draft. Um, he caught 69 passes for, Oh, almost 1,200 yards and uh, uh, was a great passing attack. It just wasn't great. Last night had 700-yard receiving games, including a uh, standout 122-yard performance against Texas in the Sugar Bowl. So, Polk uh, is considered a top-100 prospect by scouts and is expected to be selected on day two of the NFL draft. So... Uh we'll start to see some uh news on that front. Aaron, did you know where Polk's career started? Um he began his career. I didn't I think I'd forgotten this if I ever knew it, at Texas Tech in two thousand twenty, transferred to Washington for that shortened uh well, they say two thousand twenty one. That was a two thousand twenty season, but he was at Texas Tech at one point, Jalen Polk out of Lufkin, Texas. Still hard to believe. That uh, Washington didn't put up more of a fight in that game. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. had been so great; he was just not good in that game. And of course, part of it was heavy pressure from Michigan. Give them credit. I mean, Aaron. The the the. I mean, just every. I can just sit here and see in my mind now. Zero was great. I mean, number six, number fourteen, the linebackers. I mean, just. And Washington finally got going on defense at one point and slowed things down, but still not enough to truly get back in it. Had it to 2013, and there was a holding call. I hated the holding call because they were driving down there and completed a long pass. And it was negated because of a holding call. What a nightmarish game for number Aaron. What was he? Number 73, the right tackle. Uh, just a horrible, horrible night. And just wasn't working out for him, uh, for Washington, Michigan. Their defensive coordinator, Mentor. You now we've talked about it throughout the day. Did they cheat? Did they have a scandal? You bet they did. Did their players go out there and play beautifully in that game? Yes, that is true. So um, it was a uh, it was a rough night, though. I mean, I just I love Pennix Jr. My favorite player in college football was probably Odunze. The uh, the wide receiver for Washington, love, and he just couldn't get it going. I mean, he had a few catches. Uh, I think, Aaron, I hit on one of my predictions that Westover would have more than two and a half catches. I don't think I hit on my other one. I thought I was going to hit because that Dylan Johnson got banged up early, and after like one or two carries, it looked like he was done for the game. But then they put him back in. I don't even know. I mean, I guess they were trying to at least make them respect the run. The running game wasn't doing anything. Michigan and the Michigan pass rush was just incredible. I thought number 78, the defensive tackle, um, he's one of the best players I've seen this season. I love what he did and then just Michigan just had too much. I mean, their their personnel was great on defense and I bet they had Five players on their defense that'll play in the NFL. I, I it, they, seventy-eight being one of them. He was unstoppable. He was a force. And and quite honestly, Pennix Jr. is was good at stepping out away from those. Te- Aaron, you got to think Texas was like, why didn't why didn't we do what Michigan did? Like, and I know part of it is they just don't have the pass rush, but those tackles. They were keeping Penix back there. He just couldn't get – he just couldn't. And when he did get rid of it, he was sailing the ball high. And he just was not. He's so great, and I just hate that at the biggest stage he had that kind of game as the Huskies lose. And uh, I will say, Aaron, and I do love that coach, Kalen DeBoer. What a fascinating coach and a reminder to people – you always think, well, okay, this coordinator is this a hot coordinator, this guy. These these coaches that have gotten hired from these places that like where he won a ton of games at a lower level, I mean, they did it with Kleiman at Kansas State. The guy seems like a great coach. Kalen DeBoer waited his turn, won at a lower level, then got brought up and was a coordinator, and – He's been he's just been incredible at Washington. I mean, they tried to get it done after Chris Peterson with somebody named Jimmy Lake, and they weren't any good at all. And they brought in Kalen De and within two years, they're really, really good. Last year they win like I don't know, maybe eleven games. This year they win fourteen games. They go fourteen and one. I, I think that's that guy's an unbelievable coach. Like if I were AM and money wasn't an object, I'd have been like Hey, Yeah, go get him. But I, mean, I like Elko. But Kalen DeBoer is unbelievable coach. What a year. But they lose to mighty Michigan. And Aaron, the uh, the man who, you know, we believe cheated and knew about it, will walk off into the sunset. I don't know if you saw this. He is going to get a tattoo. He told his team if they went undefeated, he'd get the tattoo, and he's going to get the block letter Michigan. He also likes that that stands for – The, you know, Roman numeral 1,000 or whatever. Michigan becomes one of the first teams ever to win, like in any sport, 1,000 games, all right? I can't say that I cared or even thought about that this season. I know Michigan has been great over the years. I mean, honestly, who really cares that they've won 1,000 games, but he cared, and that's why he says he's getting the Michigan M, and it stands for the fact that they surpassed a thousand games earlier this year, Aaron. How many of those were? I mean, should he get should he get credit for the six of them he didn't coach? I mean, you've suspended for uh forty percent of the season, fifteen games. He was out six of them. Coached nine games. I mean, let's give our man whoever that offensive coordinator was that stepped in and and was the interim coach. Give the man credit. Also, on a uh, NFL level, Aaron, um, uh, news breaking this afternoon that Broncos general manager George Payton, I hadn't even thought about the fact he's got the same last name, they spell it differently, and Coach Sean Payton, they, they all left the door open Tuesday for Russell Wilson to return in 2024. But the three also said no decision has yet been made on the quarterback's future. The guy I didn't include, Aaron, when I said three. Greg Pinner, the owner-CEO of the Broncos. Do you even know who that is, Aaron? Greg Pinner? Don't the Walton family? Didn't the Walton family take over the Broncos? Also, I'm not really familiar with Greg Pinner. Um, the three spoke Tuesday to the assembled media, two days after the Broncos closed out an eight-and-nine season. And... Peyton said that he met with Russell Wilson for 30 Minutes Monday, and, and they talked about some different topics and said that any decision will be made in a timely fashion. He said, I told him, look, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process, but it hasn't been decided relative to what our plans are. As soon as we know something, certainly he would be the first to know. Um, later Peyton was asked whether the discussion did formally include a path where Wilson returns. Peyton said, yeah, listen, otherwise it would have been like, hey, goodbye. We'll look at all the scenarios and try to do what's best for the Broncos. But communication will be important. And yeah, the final decision hasn't been made. I mean, Aaron, I guess communication is important, although he showed him up on the sideline at least twice this season screaming at him and going off on a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. (laughs) Um, You know, so now Peyton, I guess the GM, said, during the bye week, I did reach out to Russ's agent in good faith in a creative attempt to adjust his contract. We couldn't get a deal done. I like that, Aaron. A creative attempt. (laughs) I bet. I bet it was creative. Oh man. Yeah, basically trying to say, hey, can we take that little clause out where he gets paid all that money if he gets hurt? Would you all mind if we and then late in the season, when it looks like they're not gonna make the playoffs, they rip him out of the lineup and they put uh because they do not want him to get hurt and have to guarantee all that money. They need him to pass that physical. All right, it's Matt Mosley's show. Kevin Reynolds for the uh from Salt Lake City. The Tribune, Salt Lake Trib, uh, will uh, join us to talk about Baylor and BYU. Tonight's matchup, that is next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas
4: online at CentexSportsFan.com.
8: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: That is uh, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. NFL Blitz coming up in just a little while, 340. More firings uh, to announce to you and react to. Kevin Reynolds joining us now, BYU uh, reporter. I follow him in football and now doing some hoops. He's in town. And Kevin, welcome back to the Matt Mosley show. Have you put your eyes on the new Foster Pavilion? Or are you waiting until
10: uh tonight
1: to uh to get your first glimpse of it?
10: Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for tonight. Uh haven't seen it, but I'm very excited. Obviously saw it on on T V and and Twitter and everything. It looks it looks awesome. All right. That's pretty
1: cool that BYU folks, from what I could tell, showed up to Meet the group when they should Maybe last night, I guess they got in there and maybe were able to shoot around and and get a feel for the new Foster Pavilion. Um, is that a pretty common thing as BYU makes its way around the country that the BYU fans will will show up? Maybe even the night before a game to greet them.
10: Yeah, I think it happens from time to time. Uh, you, you saw it a little bit. Um, BYU, like a lot of schools, went on a foreign tour. Um, in the summer, uh, I think they had kind of a similar thing happen happen there. Um, and then occasionally you see it on the road um, at, at different places. Obviously, a lot of it's changing now as, as BYU kind of travels to different places in the Big 12, uh, coming from in basketball, at least the West Coast Conference. So things are a little bit different, um, and this will be their first trip, and this is their first trip uh, to Waco as a member of the Big 12. So, um, but yeah, it is it is you, you see it from time to time uh when BYU gets on the road.
1: What has BYU done this year when they're playing well and they were playing well enough to be ranked twelfth before they lost to Cincinnati. Well that had to be a really bad home loss, especially they were leading in the second half. Trev uh you know, Nell uh Nell hit nine threes in that game, and I was just looking at it. I mean they only scored what sixty points in the game. So we had about half their points from three, but like when BYU has been playing well this season, what is it that they do? Obviously, they can hit the three, but I generally they've had some nice big guys in the past, and they like to do the high low. Um, what has worked for them, and and what uh, what what will they be looking to do against the Bears tonight?
10: Yeah, I mean. Well, just off the, the Trevin Nelson thing, obviously, I think he is their best shooter. Didn't play last year, had an injury, uh, comes back this year uh, for the first time in almost two years, really fully healthy, coming off of a shoulder injury, and he's shooting it really well. I think he's shooting it about 43% from three. Um, so he's shooting it really well, and, and that helps his team. Uh, last game, you talked about it. He he sat almost six minutes in that second half from about the 10-minute mark to the four-minute mark in the in the down the stretch of that game down the stretch um, and essentially Cincinnati took it from about a one point lead when he went out to a eight or nine point lead by the time he came back in. So that was a little bit confusing um, last week, but overall, you know, you talk about how BYU has kind of changed who they are. And I think that started um, a very conscious effort last year, the start of last year, Um, their last year, the WCC, I think Mark Pope and the staff looked at it and, they had kind of, they had flirted with being a, a top thirty, top twenty five team pretty consistently through his first couple of years there. Uh, you remember the COVID year, you know BYU uh, was a you know a, a really good basketball team, uh, probably a projected high seed in the NCAA tournament, and had a lot of veteran guards, you know Alex Barcelo, and you can kind of go down the list. And like you said, you know they had a you know good good group of, of big men too, um, but they kept kind of running into the Gonzagas of the world. They would beat them once or twice, but they kept running into these, you know, the offense, just the ceiling wasn't high enough and the ceiling wasn't high enough going into the big 12. So they kind of changed everything around um, going into last year and put a a, a pretty big investment on, on playing at a faster tempo. They went from more of a half court team to they're going to push the pace and they're going to shoot a lot of threes. And right now you're kind of seeing a lot of, the the manifestation of a lot of that right um this is a team i think that's second in the country in terms of the percentage of points they get from the three point line i think it's something it's over 40% 43% if i'm not mistaken so that you know that's a number that not a lot of teams have and sometimes they're overly reliant on the three they didn't shoot it particularly well against cincinnati um and you know they just take a ton of threes throughout the game so you know if you go macro and a big picture like that is what Mark Pope has tried to do over the last two years. And he's kind of in the second year of this transition to, to this style of offense that he feels like has a higher ceiling and you've seen, you know, glimpses of it, glimpses of it work, but you've also seen the struggles. And, and I think Cincinnati last week and we'll see what tonight looks like, but you can kind of see this team, you know, take a couple steps forward and a couple steps back in, in real time as they kind of, try to take on this new identity.
1: Is the Marriott Center <clears throat> considered a really tough place to play? I mean, obviously, it'll be interesting as, as the Bears will, you know, I, I think they did go there a couple of years ago or a few years ago. I remember some game that they had there. Um, what is that place like? I bet it's a, quite a bit bigger than this. There'll be 7,500, you'll notice, at Foster Pavilion. They went smaller. They downsized by... Nearly three thousand in capacity, and so they wanted to make it a smaller, more intimate feel. Um, the Marriott Center, in my mind, I've always imagined it was like seventeen to nineteen thousand. Am I going too high there? What's the, and and what's that? What is that like? Is that a? Is that generally
10: been an extremely play, uh, tough place for people to play? Yeah, I mean Marriott Center is, I think tops out at basically eighteen thousand. I, okay. I think it's around seventeen thousand eight hundred, nine hundred. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it is. I, I think if you look at Kempom, I think the Marriott Center. It was at one point. I think the ninth biggest venue in college basketball. Now it, it's down to about fifteen. Um, so it's a it's a big place to play, and it's a unique place to play in in terms of. There's, you know, pretty good fan attendance at at the Marriott Center pretty much every night, Um, even in non-conference. You know, it's surprising sometimes on on some nights where you're looking around and the announced attendance is around 14,000 for games in the non-conference. So, like, that was unique. Even when I got to BYU, I I was pretty surprised about, um, you know, the attendance. On a pretty consistent and nightly basis, on a nightly basis for how big that place is, so it it is different from Baylor and and a lot of other venues in that regard. Um, So, yeah, there 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 is kind of two two different ways. I think you know, I think the Baylor the Baylor way and a lot of different venues is make it a little bit smaller Mm -hmm. and have it be really loud. And I'm I'm looking forward to that tonight. Um, But the Marriott Center is really it's a huge huge venue.
1: You saw what it did for SMU to renovate that place, and then it became kind of the place to be in Dallas for a little while under Larry and even Jankovic a little bit after him. And so the newly renovated Moody, a lot of us remember the old Moody, that's kind of what they are going for here. You know, great lighting, almost like the fans are in more of a theater type deal. But also they've kind of created an old Midwest um kind of so I'll be anxious to kind of see what you think as you look around the video boards are kind of cool um so yeah I think I think um I think you'll enjoy it but you being a former SMU student or an SMU grad I thought I, I thought you would enjoy me bringing up Moody
10: yeah no Moody Moody I, I covered the kind of the latter years of the Jankovich era and okay. uh you know whenever they they had some runs in them, you know, down the stretch where they're hosting the Memphises of the world. The Memphis is really good, and uh, Georgetown when they came into town, um, and that place gets can get really loud if, if it's packed. It doesn't always get packed, obviously, as you know. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Baylor, how Baylor kind of took from that, and see what see what it looks like tonight.
1: All right, Kevin Reynolds joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, Salt Lake City, uh, Trib. As he makes his way to the pavilion tonight, do you ever uh, check out the Jazz? I mean, Keontae George, a Baylor player, we've uh, been interested in watching him this year. He was a starter, then he got hurt, now he's not in the starting lineup. I know Andy and some of those guys that cover that team, but uh, I would say Keontae George has been embraced in the Salt Lake City area, not quite like Donovan was, but I would think it's. Um, hopefully, he's fitting in there pretty nicely.
10: Yeah, I mean, Andy and Eric they they have a better better pulse on that than me. But yeah, from a from I, I went over to summer league um, when Keontae was playing. Uh, they play their little mini summer league in uh, in Salt Lake City with about four teams. Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder were there. Um, I forget the other two. I think it might have been Memphis, but. Uh, yeah. He, he's been playing pretty well. Um, you know, I covered Keontae when he was in high school, when he was back in Louisville as a, mm. as a freshman in high school. And then obviously, you know, he was, he was in the Metroplex in Dallas for a while. Um, and you know, the one thing that always, you know, struck me about Keontae and kind of his development is how much of a you know, he was always a really good scorer from what I remember, but like, I think he kind of changed his body too um, coming into, into the league. And, uh, you you would know this better, kind of, is from his you know season at, at Baylor and then to mm-hmm. the Jazz now. But you know he he I, I think he's been embraced pretty well um, in Salt Lake, and I think you know they've trusted him and they put a lot into his his investment and uh, his his growth. Another Metroplex uh, player, Caleb Lohner, who
1: transferred to one of those prep schools, I think up in Utah somewhere, but mm-hmm. he was at BYU. Now, at Baylor gives Baylor a lot of energy off the bench, probably had hoped to be a starter, and that really hasn't uh, worked out but in talking to the b y u program and the people that are around it every day like yourself i mean it what are the what are the thoughts on loner i mean he's he's an interesting guy, and I think he probably loved being up there where he could snowboard and do all that. I'm not sure basketball coaches love that he liked all that adventure stuff, but I would think that uh, in his short time at BYU, uh, people did enjoy him because he he um, he's a leaper, high high energy guy. Thought he was going to become, and he's getting a better three point shot. He just doesn't get to play a whole lot. What is the what 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 about uh, what do people say about about Caleb Lohner now that uh, he's left BYU and he's at Baylor?
10: Yeah, I mean he's a he's a flower mound. He was a flower mound player too in um, mm-hmm. high school before he left, but. Um, Yeah, I I think for him, uh, you kind of never, at least when I was covering him, I don't think he ever kind of fully put it together on what he could have been offensively in this offense. And I know he was there uh, before kind of everything changed um, at BYU and the entire offensive system kind of changed. Um, But, you know, you saw, I think he played some of his best basketball down the stretch of his BYU run when BYU was in the NIT uh, made it to the quarterfinals, I, I believe, one step away um, from, from New York back when they played in New York. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's been interesting to follow his career from afar now uh, when he went to Baylor and has kind of maybe not played as much as, as he envisioned or um, as much as maybe he played at BYU, right? But I, I think it, I think if he stayed, maybe he could have grown into something A little bit more in in this offense um, because because you could see flashes of you know when he was shooting well what he could kind of give to this team because another thing that this that this BYU team has right now is you know when you look at the front court and particularly kind of where Caleb Lohner plays there isn't a ton of depth there right now um, particularly with injuries you know Fusane Treore was there when Caleb Lohner was there, but he, he mm-hmm. just returned, hadn't really played at all. He just returned his first game back with against Cincinnati. And then when you kind of don't have him, if you're BYU, you're really left with Atiki Ali, Atiki, and Ali Khalifa. And most of the time, they're almost essentially in a four-guard lineup with just Ali Khalifa out there. Um, and that's where Caleb Lohner, I think, could probably you know play and help if he was still at BYU. Um, and now, obviously, he's at Baylor. So, it is interesting to see, you know, it to think where where Caleb Baloner would be in this offense if, if he stayed at BYU.
1: All right, what was the thought of of Gary Bohannon Jr. ending up at BYU? Um, great player for the Bears, great leader, great person. Ends up at BYU. Like, will that be a fifty fifty? battle uh, are there already people who think he's got the upper hand he was banged up at south florida obviously barely played if not i don't know if he played at all this past season quite honestly uh because he he had been hurt and he didn't win the job what is um, what's the thought of former baylor quarterback gary bohannon jr now arriving at byu what's kind of the talk you're hearing and 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 do you think it'll be he'll just have to he'll battle for it or do people think he's he's going to be the
10: guy yeah, I do think he'll battle for it. I don't think he's going to come in and, and be the starter. I don't – I mean, BYU kind of had that last year, you know, with Keaton Slovis. They they came in. He obviously played USC, at, played at Pitt, um, was um, successful, as a re- really successful as a freshman, kind of had some up and down years. But he came in, and he was the starter from day one when he came to BYU. And that's not going to happen, I don't think, this time with Bohannon um, really at all. Because, you know, right now the the quarterback puzzle at BYU is a little bit more complex than it was when Keaton Slovis came last year. You know, Keaton Slovis was coming in. There was no real guy in the room that could start. Um, They brought in two quarterbacks last year, and Jake Retzlaff, the junior college transfer, was one of them. But now, you know, Bo comes in, and, and Retzlaff's the guy that started the last four games of the year for BYU last year, Keaton Slovis. Got, got hurt in the Texas game um, mm-hmm. or after the Texas game, got kind of hurt, didn't play the rest of the year. And Red Slav's kind of a guy that I think the offense moves pretty well with him. He's a more mobile quarterback. He's got a really good arm. But, you know, he hasn't had a ton of experience at the Power 5 level, uh, four games so far, made a, a ton of kind of costly errors, had a pick six at the goal line against uh, Oklahoma, um, if you were watching that one, and that kind of cost mm-hmm. him the game. So, I think right now, if I had to kind of map it out, I think BYU has probably three options at the quarterback room. Uh, they could have kind of a veteran guy like a Bo Hannon, and that gives them that option. I think that's why they brought him in. And then you also have, you know, Jake Redslaff, who can, can cut cut down on turnovers, have him in the mix, and the offense moves well. Um, and then you also could go young and, and look at, you know, a Ryder Burton or a Noah Lugo. Noah Lugo – is out of is out of Texas um, in, in the Fort Worth area. So and he's coming in early. Um, so you can kind of go three different routes, and it gives BYU a little bit more flexibility for this spring and summer as they kind of have this quarterback battle of where they're going to go. Because beforehand, I don't think there was there was there was no great option. Either you're relying on a on a junior college transfer who's played four games to to make a huge leap and cut down on turnovers. Or you're asking a guy who has never played a college snap to, to be your starter, and so now you kind of have a legitimate third option um, and third way to go, where you know you have some wiggle room if if Retzlaff can't make a jump, or if or if the young guys don't look ready to play, you know. And, and I think they need that because they need to make a jump in year two of the Big Twelve, as, as mm-hmm. you know.
1: Have they? How active has BYU been in the portal, and what did they learn about themselves this year? Where they felt like they had the the farthest to go, like where do you think what do you think they're addressing the most? I know some people wanted Jeff Grimes when he got fired by Baylor to come back to BYU. He's ended up in a pretty good place as Kansas's offensive coordinator. What 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 do they need to address to really take that jump, uh, other than make sure they get the quarterback right?
10: Other than the quarterback, there probably two things come to mind: the offensive line. I think it. it It needs to get better, and I think everybody knows that at BYU. um, It it needs to get better. BYU could not run the ball particularly well. Honestly, it couldn't protect the passer. I mean, it was a little bit slightly better in pass protection, but not much. Um, So that really needs to improve. And and that's been kind of the thing for for two years now, where this running game hasn't really been where it needs to be. And the way the offense is kind of structured at BYU is, you know, this is a team that throws off of the run. And if you can't run the ball, then, you know, it gets – it gets really difficult at times. And I think BYU's offense couldn't move the ball consistently this year in the big 12. Couldn't really move the ball when it was playing well. I mean, BYU started, uh, they beat Arkansas early in the year, but you know, there still were pretty glaring mistakes and issues in the run game. So that's where it starts. And I know Grimes was a big thing in the, in the offseason, the early parts of the offseason. obviously has, has a history at BYU, um, but he ends mm-hmm. up in Kansas, but this, this offense, First and foremost, I think he needs to fix the offensive line. And then the second part of it, too, on the defensive side, is a year two of a new coordinator, Jay Hill, in getting pass rushers. I mean, this 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 has kind of been a wholesale change for BYU. Before, they were kind of a drop-eight defense. Um, they weren't worried. I mean, uh, their former defensive coordinator, Liza Tuiaki, who's now um, going to be a position coach at Oregon State, um, he, he really didn't value sacks. Didn't value blitzes, and that was not his real thing. And Jay Hill comes in completely different, but he didn't really have the guys, I don't think, in year one to truly run that defense. And you look at not just the transfer portal, but you look at the recruiting class. They brought in six, seven guys on the defensive line that mm-hmm. they're just hoping one or two hit. You know, and that's all yeah. they need. Um, and and that's clearly where their priority is right now.
1: All right, Baylor brought BYU players in, the Barrington brothers, good guys. Yeah. It just didn't work as well as they thought. I think they thought they would just plug them in and it would work beautifully. Again, not bad players, but, but you know, sometimes you lean so far on the portal and it, it backfires on you a little bit. And how could you not want to have a pass rush when you watch what Michigan did last night to an unbelievable quarterback and just threw him off, got him off his spot, got him out of rhythm, and he looked like he hadn't looked all year, at least from what I've seen. So I would think uh, I would think everybody's got to be moving toward that. All right, and it'll be exciting, by the way, to see the oldest player in college basketball, Spencer Johnson, for, uh, for BYU. I think there's somebody from Fairfield like a month older, but that guy's not playing this season. He's out with an injury. So we're going to call Spencer the oldest player in college. Uh, in college basketball, and, uh, and that'll be fun. Well, get or, get there, get over there, and check it all out. I was trying to give you uh, restaurant recommendations earlier, but who knows? You may have been spending a little time in your old haunts there in the Dallas area. But uh, have fun tonight, Kevin, and and uh, really, uh, really appreciate you doing this. Look forward to meeting you.
10: Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll see you tonight, and uh, looking forward to it.
1: All right, there he goes, Kevin Reynolds uh, from the Salt Lake. Trib.